This episode of the Enhancement Talent Podcast is brought to you by Paul White's Heel and Face Cleansing Pads. Because if you've done as many heel and face turns as the Big Show has, you're bound to get a bit dirty in the process. Professional wrestling, like all of the great arts, can run the gamut of emotions. It can make you cheer, it can make you cry, it can scare you, and it can thrill you. And on top of all that, it can also make you laugh your ass off. Today on The Enhancement Talent, we honor the wrestlers who made us laugh the most. Join us as we count down our top 10 funniest wrestlers of all time. Okay, thank you again for listening to another episode of the Enhancement Talent Podcast. I'm your host, the man in the rafters, the one they call Tony Lopez. With me, as always, one half of the fabulous Lopez cousins, Dr. Bob Lopez. How are you doing tonight, Bob? Doing great, sir. How about yourself? Doing great. Doing great. How's your week been? Sorry, I'm busy. Busy working, sir. Like always. Yeah? Working for the man? But uh, Got to make that Tony Lopez money, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Tony Lopez money. <laughs> I feel sorry for you if you're making the Tony Lopez money. You wouldn't you wouldn't have been able to afford to go to Disney if you were making the Tony Lopez money. He runs the podcast, so we're, I know I know we're wealthy with this podcast, so Yeah, yeah. We've we've made a collective like six dollars off of uh sponsorships for this podcast since we started. You told me I would have uh, sponsored us. Yeah, huh? My company could have sponsored us. Yeah, right. Hey, there's always a future, right? Remind me, I have a story about that. Okay. All right. I'll remind you. Okay. Uh, and with us, as always, from beautiful Cary, Illinois, the Warsaw Blonde himself, Adam Kolavik. How you doing tonight, Adam? Doing great. How are you guys? Doing great as well. Hope you're not making the Tony Lopez money. Hope, hope you had a good week. It was a weird week. Um, I I didn't have any water in my basement. I didn't have any house problems. It was very strange in that respect. Yeah, sub pumps working and everything. Yeah, as it turns out, uh, yeah, someone uh, actually unplugged um, a drain, uh, the uh, water softener drain. That was the problem I had. So ah, okay. So and I hope nobody minds, but uh, it was a pretty hot day today. So I took my share the uh of the advertising money and bought myself a cherry coke slurpee today at 7-eleven well you know of the six dollars you're entitled to two so you could do whatever you want with that adam yeah it was uh, i was uh organizing the garage so it came in handy so thanks to all our <laughs> great advertisers out there yes thank you anchor for uh that six dollars uh but anyway well bob you told me to remind did you want to just tell you Say that now while I'm reminding you. So, uh, Resistance Pro Wrestling was a, a Chicago-based wrestling uh, company, uh, and it used to be owned by uh, Billy Corgan prior to him yes, prior I remember. To owning uh, the NWA now. And uh, I convinced my boss at that time, um, hey, we should sponsor this wrestling show. And uh, all of a sudden, I don't know where he goes, sure, let's do it. So I go, cool. So I got in contact with the main person and uh, they said, yeah, you guys can sponsor the show. And the whole purpose was they were going to take my business card from for the company I was working at at that time. And they were to put it on the back of every single one of the wrestling tickets that they sold. So 
I get to the show and they had special guests at night. So uh, Psycho Sid Vicious was there, Raven and Perry Saturn were there as well. And um, I get to the show and right when I'm walking in, Billy Corgan is walking in at the same time as myself and my brother and another friend of ours. And um, I go, holy shit, it's Billy Corgan. And he stops and he says, hey, guys. And I said, hey, can I take a picture with you? And he's like, yeah, no problem. And he says, you're here to enjoy the show. I'm going to go, well, actually, I'm sponsoring your show tonight. And he goes, really? And I said, yes. And I said, look, I'm, I'm a chiropractor. And I'm like, here's uh, here's my business card. And he takes my my ticket, which had my business card on the back of it. And he goes, cool. And he puts it in his pocket. He goes, thank you. And I go, holy shit, Billy Corgan just took my business card. Um, and then we went our own separate ways. So when I try and get in, I then realize that I gave him my ticket because it had my card on the other side. So when I walk up to security, they go, where's your ticket? And I go, Billy Corgan took it. And they go, sure, asshole, where's your ticket? And I go, no, for real. (laughs) (laughs) Took it at the entrance. And they're like, why the hell would you want your ticket? I'm like, no, this is what happened. And they wouldn't believe me and they wouldn't let me in. Uh, so I, I had to contact the lady that was in charge of everything that I had been emailing back and forth with. And finally she came to the door and she let me in and it was all fun and games after that. But, uh, yeah, Billy Corgan stole my ticket and he never gave it back. Damn Billy Corgan. When we, we went to go see him in concert, like two or three years ago, you should have, uh, I should have asked him for it there. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe he can uh, parlay that into some NWA tickets if they ever come into town. There you go. There you go. Yep. All right. Well, we have a little bit of wrestling news tonight before uh, we get to uh, the business at hand. Tonight was uh, the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, and uh, we just got done watching that. Well, I just got done watching that. Um, Bobby saw kind of the highlights a little bit. Adam didn't see it, but you can react to the results here. I guess um, big news is... uh, I don't know if you guys have been watching uh, the show, but you know how they have Nikki Cross doing like the superhero gimmick now? Yeah. Uh, she won the women's money in the big match, which was a really big surprise. I thought it was either going to be Alexa Bliss or um, or Asuka or somebody like that. But no, they gave it to uh, Hurricane 2.0, I guess, and they're going to go with that. Um, and then on the men's side... It was a really fun uh, Money in the Bank match on the men's side, at least what you could see of it, because the Peacock app had some really, really bad um, streaming issues during that match, at least the beginning part of it. Uh, It got to a point where the WWF sent out a tweet actually instructing fans to get out of the Peacock app and get back into it in order for uh, the stream to fix itself. But, um, But yeah. Uh, once that was going, it was a really fun match. It was the match of the night, as the the money of the bank match usually is. And Big E uh, is the winner of that match. To my to my pleasure, because of the guys who were all in that match, uh, I I believe that Big E was the one who deserved the the title shot out of all of them. And um, let's see, in the two uh, championship matches, the first one. Bobby Lashley absolutely squashed Kofi Kingston, which kind of pissed me off because, you know, ever since Kofi lost the belt, you know, he's made to look, he's made to be look like a punk twice now. You know, he had the, the match against Lesnar on the first uh, SmackDown that Fox aired where he lost in like five seconds. Yeah. And then he gets absolutely demolished by Bobby Lashley tonight. He had like maybe one or two moves of offense and that was it. 
Bobby Lashley just spent the entire the entirety of the match kicking the shit out of him, which, you know, I think sucks. Kofi deserves a lot better than that. Um, and then in the other main event, uh, Roman Reigns goes goes over Edge um, due to some shenanigans from uh, Seth Rollins. Uh, and at the end of the match, uh, the crowd surprisingly uh, pops really hard for the return of one John Cena. So it looks like it's going to be Reigns versus Cena for the uh, Universal Championship at uh, SummerSlam this year. At least that's what it's shaping up to look like. So, uh, Bob, what like knowing the results as they were, uh, what what did you think about the uh, the way that Money in the Bank shook out tonight? Like you said, I was I was kind of surprised with uh, Nikki Cross. Um, I actually thought, like you said, maybe Alexa Bliss. I thought of uh, Selena Vega, actually, especially since she just came back recently. Um, yeah, her too. Uh, Bobby Lashley crushing Kofi Kingston was a surprise. Uh, you forgot to mention Charlotte, new champ. Um, oh, that's right. that, was, that was actually that was actually a really good match too. Uh, Charlotte's new champ. The one that also surprised me, I know it was pre-show, but the Usos are the tag champs again. And that one catches me off guard, especially because one of the Usos just got arrested again recently for uh, another DUI, maybe about a week and a half ago. Um, Mm -hmm. For for them to reward them really quickly with that and say, here, here's your title belt again. Um, You know, that kind of surprised me. Um, But uh, good for Big E. Super happy for him. He's one of those guys that definitely deserves it. And, um, It'll be interesting to see how how it goes with uh, Cena being back, especially with SummerSlam. I know we were talking about Goldberg coming back pretty soon, so, um, but yeah, very impressed with the pop he got, especially when he came out. You know, usually the the crowd eats him up alive, but uh, that Cena pop was pretty damn good. Yeah, exactly. How about you, Adam? Knowing the the results of that, do you have any reactions to that? Well, I would have booed Cena if I was there. I'll tell you that <laughs> first off. Um, <laughs> I mean, I know they they need they need that uh, they need that mainstream exposure. He's been gone a, quite a long time, so I mean, I get it. I just as everyone anyone who listens to the show knows, I'm not a huge fan of his. So I really hope he doesn't go over uh, Roman Reigns. That would severely piss me off. Um, uh, yeah, you guys are talking about Bobby Lashley and, and Kofi Kingston. Um, it, it just seems odd to me you'd have a squash match like that on a pay per view. You know, you'd think you'd want something competitive. Obviously, you know, you, you would expect Lashley to retain the belt, but you would think, you know, you'd want to get, you know, a competitive, fun match for the fans to watch. It seems very odd to me that he would just squash him without hardly any resistance. I don't think that's a good booking move in, in my book. Obviously, Kofi's a talented wrestler, and as you say, Tony, just ever since uh, he, he had his run with the belt, uh, they seem to not have any any big plans for him so that's that's kind of a shame uh yeah biggie uh winning the money in the bank that, that i think that's a real good thing i think uh i think he deserves uh, uh some of the main event spotlight so it's good to see somebody new in that spot so um and then uh i'll just wrap up by saying uh i mean i know they're contracted they give goldberg matches but why the hell is he still around how old is Vince still thinks 75? he's a drive Vince is still convinced he's a draw. 
I see. Well, I'll tell you. I'll, 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 I'll tell you this: if it wound up being the Cena Goldberg match, I would pull for Cena. I I like Goldberg. Goldberg, you know, was you know we've talked about it. He was a great attraction when he was in his prime. Dude's not in his prime anymore. No. Um, I mean, he, not- was, he was limited, you know, in the beginning, anyhow. But I mean, the, the aura is gone. The mystique is gone. Yeah, he was a he was intimidating presence. Yeah, he was a badass. Now the guy's pushing sixty years old. Uh, he should stick to guest starring on the Goldbergs, and that's it. Yeah, it's not nineteen ninety eight anymore. You know, my senior year of high school is long gone. So right, <laughs> like, just like I don't know why they keep bringing Goldberg back, but you know, hey, Vince is going to do what Vince is going to do. It, so. it just again, it seems like they're always trying to pull these old names out of a hat. I mean, Cena's another exception. It's another example. But again, uh, I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow that more so because again, he has been gone for quite some time. So. Um, and if he's if he puts on a great match with Ra- uh, Reigns, rather sorry, and uh, you know makes Reigns an even more effective champion, then then I'm all for it. Then, yeah. Well, and uh, also this weekend, uh, another big pay per view. This time outside of the WWE universe, as it is, uh, Impact Wrestling had their uh, Slammiversary pay per view this uh, yesterday. Uh, you know, they ran it on Saturday, so it was not to coincide with money in the bank. And, uh, the big news coming out of that was Jay White, who, uh, one of the big names in new Japan comes out and, uh, basically attacks, uh, Kenny Omega after he, uh, successfully defends the impact championship against Sammy Callahan. And now it looks like it's going to be Jay White versus Kenny Omega on impact, even though, both of those guys are not impact wrestlers. <laughs> so, oh. you know, that, that's, uh, that's kind of cool. And, um, as Bob was saying, before we started taping, uh, they showed a promo for, uh, impacts next, uh, pay-per-view and they showed the logos of all of, um, AEW impact, mm-hmm. uh, ring of honor, new Japan, triple a, I don't know if I missed anybody, but well, all ring the lo- of- there. what was that? Ring of Honor wasn't on there, but all the other ones oh, were. Okay, not not Ring of Honor, but all the other ones were. And just, they're all just basically teaming up for the that next pay-per-view, which is huge news. You know, just to have those companies working together, um, if, you know... If you're a wrestling fan outside of the little outside of the WWE bubble, that's awesome news because that opens up a whole world of possibilities uh, to things coming up. Um, Bob, when you saw that promo, what did you think? Yeah, it was very impressive because I mean they uh, they showed the bomb for glory and they're hyping it up coming you know to uh, Las Vegas and all of a sudden at the end they kind of they they kind of did like the the screen was going in and out and then they show the AEW logo and then that goes yeah. away and then the the AAA logo comes out and that goes away and then the New Japan one comes out and that goes away and you're at, it's like the last 5 seconds of the the vignette and you're like holy shit you know <laughs> it's pretty impressive um like you said uh, Jay White the leader of the Bullet Club right now in New Japan uh he came out he'll be there um they started bringing names back yesterday too uh Diana Perazzo is the Impact Women's Champion and uh yeah. Her special opponent was Thunder Rosa uh, from the NWA. That's another one that's supposedly getting into the mix, meeting up with them as well, the NWA. Uh, even though Thunder Rosa's she's on their contract to the NWA, but she's also, you know, shows up in AEW. 
Uh, for some reason, I don't know why, I'm, I'm never a big fan of him, but they brought in No Way Jose yesterday, and now his new gimmick is called, his name is No Way. Um, and then uh, they brought out Mickey James yesterday, um, who again is under contract with the NWA. Uh, Chelsea Green is now with Impact Wrestling, and then um, they teased a vignette as well that they got uh, Aiden English as well, the drama king that they called himself. Oh, nice. Um, Rusev Day, yeah, is now with uh, Impact Wrestling um, as well. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, how this goes and which direction it goes. And Because, I mean, I think they tried before, a little bit to – the impact and the AEW, and I guess they kind of get pissed off with Sammy Guevara when he kind of no showed them. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this works out. Yeah, and you know all those releases that they had. Um, what was it back right after WrestleMania? Uh, mm-hmm. th- those ninety day compete clauses are going to be expiring around around that time. So we'll see what happens. We will see what happens when it comes to that. So yeah. Interesting news. Uh, Adam, I, I know you don't probably watch Impact all that much or anything. I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but, you know. Well, um, I, yeah, based on what I heard uh, you guys talking about, um, you know, I, I don't really watch it, but I, I do look at results and stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's very intriguing. Again, I'm, I'm all for everybody working together here and trying to create the, an alternative, like you said, to the – to the WWE. I mean, again, um, you know, whether you like WCW or not, I, I, you know, when you had two companies competing against each other, uh, the fans were the ones who benefited the most. And so, you know, giving the fans uh, an alternative to watch is I think uh, helpful for everybody involved. So uh, I think it's interesting and exciting. It'll be great to see uh, where everything goes. Um, You know, obviously, uh, I watch uh, AEW almost every week, and and they kind of like you said they've been dipping their toes in the water with with other promotions, and obviously Kenny Omega is a big part of the uh, impact on a weekly basis. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely a good thing. I'm I'm interested to see uh, uh, what they do too. And yeah, you mentioned the ninety day uh, clauses being up too. Um, it, I, I think it's finally a good uh, getting to be a better time to be a, a wrestler. You have more options than you did for for many years. Uh, you know, if it doesn't work out for you in Stanford, there might be a spot for you somewhere else. So, so yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But it's it it, uh, it sounds promising. Yeah, definitely. So we'll see what is. We will definitely see what's going on uh, in the future. We'll be keeping an eye on impact and AEW and, and everybody over there, NWA, everybody we will see what's going on. Um, yeah. Well, without further ado, let's get into the topic at hand tonight's topic. I know we've been talking a lot about, uh, title reigns and whatnot for the last, uh, month plus almost two months with the championship series. And then last week's episode about wrestlers who uh, never won a major championship in the big three. Um, So we're going to take, we're going to take a bit of a break from uh, title reigns and whatnot. And we're going to do a, uh, a topic that was suggested to us. Actually Um, it was suggested to us by my lovely girlfriend, uh, Kim Kimberly Lawson and her friend Byron. Uh, They're both uh, listeners of the show, and they suggested to us to do a top 10 funniest wrestlers of all time. And um, 
yeah, I mean, that falls right in line with uh, with what we do here, of course. And it, it's good to kind of have like a palate cleanser, like I said, it's something where we don't have to do too much research into it. Because when it comes to something like Funniest Wrestlers, it's um, subjective taste. You know, what's funny to you might not be funny to me. It's all opinion based. Um, so, yeah, it, it, I had a good time actually compiling this list. It was actually kind of hard for me because... Um, I had a hard time, you know, trying to see. It was like, well, did this guy make me laugh harder than this guy? Or, yeah. you know, so I ran into that problem a lot. It wasn't so much compiling a list of names, it was ordering it that kind of gave me uh gave me some problems. But um that being said, uh Kim and Byron gave us our, their own top ten list here. Um and We'll talk about it, maybe judge them a little bit. Not maybe not too harshly, because I don't want to be in the doghouse. But um uh let's start out with their honorable mentions. We don't want uh, to piss your list we don't want to piss our listeners off either. Exactly. It's <laughs> probably uh, not a good idea, but no, you know, Vince no, McMahon kinda likes to do that, so no. Yeah. <laughs> but um but keep this in mind, uh Kim. And I, you know, I'm not sure about Byron, but Kim's knowledge, even though she's a big wrestling fan, her knowledge of wrestling only goes back about five or six years. That's when she really started getting into it. So that kind of reflects on this list. Um, We'll start with their honorable mentions. In their honorable mentions, they have Andy Kaufman, which is when I saw that, I kind of got pissed off that I didn't think of him on my list. That's a good one. Um, Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho. They only had three honorable mentions, and this is their top 10 as well. At number 10, Randy Savage. At number 9, 3MB. At number 8, Brazongo. At number 7, Santino Morella. At number 6, Mick Foley. At number 5, Hurricane and Rosie. At number 4, Edge and Christian. At number 3, Crash Holly. At number two, The New Day. And at number one, they have Our Truth. So, yeah. Uh, I know, I mean, I compiled the list. So this list is very different from the picks that we came up with. But, uh, you know, listen, see, like hearing those lists, um, Bob, like, do you have any feedback or any, any opinions on uh, the list that Kimberly and Byron got to us? Number one, I appreciate the time and the effort they came up with the uh, the list. Yes, first most, of all, def- most definitely. Huge thank you for that, especially coming up with the topic. Uh, we always encourage our listeners to uh, participate with us. Uh, so it's greatly appreciated. And uh, the fact that they gave us our list is also awesome. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, the uh, A lot of it looks very, very recent, like you mentioned, um, you know, our truth, yeah, he's definitely hilarious now, especially when he does the uh, the twenty four seven title reign. Uh, New Day is is hilarious uh, as a combo together. Uh, Crash Holly kind of threw me out. Of, you know, I, that's why I kind of laughed. I was like, oh wow, you know. And uh, he was another one when he had the hardcore title belt. You know, they would chase him around and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I think one of them played was at like a, a PGN Funhouse type of deal. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, in the ball pit. I remember, yep. so that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of these other names I feel like I wrote about that maybe we'll talk about. Uh, 3MB kind of threw me off. <laughs> you know, Heath <laughs> uh, Slater's pretty funny. I, I never really uh, followed them when they would come up. Like, they would come out on TV and I'd just walk away. Um, yeah. 
Jinder Mahal, I was never really a huge fan of. And obviously McIntyre's made it big now, but, um, you know, and, and yeah, so I, again, I, I greatly appreciate the list. Um, you know, good picks. And uh, hopefully we talk a lot of these people uh, during the episode. Yeah. I mean, I, I will agree. I, I didn't put three MB. Uh, this is a spoiler, but it's as one of my honorable mentions, I'm going to give it away because he didn't make our actual list. But uh, I had Heath Slater as one of my honorable mentions on my own uh, personal list. So I do agree that three MB had some uh, some comic gold mm-hmm. in there, you know, because I Heath Slater just he he made he he made me laugh my ass off. The other two, not so much. Heath Slater was the corner cornerstone of three MB. So, um, you would do the for, for I'm doing this for my children or like uh, what was the shirt he would wear? Oh, um, I got kids. Kids, that's what I was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he supposedly he had like eight or nine kids, and yeah. yeah. And his uh his tag team with Rhino actually was actually pretty funny. So they were pretty Lincoln champs. Yeah. But um, how about you, Adam? Do you have any uh, feedback as far as that list goes? Yeah, I'm not familiar with all those folks because uh, I'm more of an old schooler. But, yeah, I do remember watching a lot of the Heath Slater videos where all the legends would come out and kick his ass. And I, I got a lot of – I got a big kick out of that, like when Vader came out and kicked his ass and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, I, uh, one name on there that, that I like is uh, is Orange Cassidy. I, I think the gimmick is very creative, very refreshing. Um, you know, just the – <laughs> from wherever, whenever, that the, the, the stuff with the glasses and him just being a complete slacker that uh, that's very creative gimmick and it's very over in AEW. Um, there's a few names on there that are older that uh, that were also on my list too. So, um, you know, we've we've talked about the New Day quite a bit before. I'm I'm, I'm fans of them. Um, so yeah, um, again, I think the, the the what's fun about a topic like this, and I, I echo Bob. Thank you for suggesting a, a fun topic, a palate cleanser. Like Tony said, what, what's great about it is is that I think everybody's list is going to look different, and and because comedy is subjective, uh, people uh, see things differently, and uh, and uh, so the, that's that's the fun. Uh, more you know, all our listeners get to all sorts of folks to check out and uh, uh, check out their stuff. You know, that's, what's great about, you know, being able to watch all, all these clips everywhere of, of all these teams or all these wrestlers, just uh, check out what they can do. And, and uh, you know, the WWE especially is, is loaded with a lot of fun moments past and present. So, so yeah, a lot of good picks there. Uh, yeah. I, I, I forgot about crash and the, uh, and the 24 seven stuff, but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I used to like it when crash would carry the, uh, the, um, scale around the with them all the time. Yeah. 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 Cause, uh, he was convinced that he was a super heavyweight. That, that was right. pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. Thank you, Kim. And thank you, Byron for, uh, submitting your lists. And, uh, without further ado, now that we got done with your list, let's get into ours. We're going to give you now the Enhancement Talent Top 10 list of our Top 10 Funniest Wrestlers of All Time. Again, how like we do every week, me, Bob, and Adam all compile our own personal Top, uh, top 10 lists. Uh, and we also have uh, five honorable mentions that we uh, submit. And based on where we place everybody on our list, there is a point system. 
and we compile the lists all three together and take the totals into account and we take those point totals and that's where they come in on our master list um and like i said uh you know on top of the top 10 we also have five honorable mentions and those are wrestlers that are going to be uh wrestlers that didn't get enough points to make the top 10 but did get enough points to at least garner a mention so yeah Let's get right into it. Let's start at number 10. Uh, number 10 comes comes at us with four points, and they got those points from being number 10 on Bob's list and number eight on my personal list. We were just talking about them. They were part of, of uh, Kim and Byron's honorable mentions. We're talking about AEW Zone freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy coming in at number 10 on our list with four points um yeah man i i I fucking love orange cassidy he's you know the you know the definition of a viral sensation when it comes to uh wrestling i think within like the last uh few years or so when uh orange cassidy uh made his debut who did he start for was it um chikara or pw uh, or pwg or or who, I don't I don't know who he started with, but it was um um he the videos of him hit the internet and his popularity just exploded. You know, you have this guy who's uh, dressed in head to toe and in denim, wears his own face on a t shirt, wearing sunglasses, and um, just gives about ten percent energy in the match uh, every single time comes up maybe kicks you a little bit in the shin really slow like a sloth and then um but then once he gets really into it he shows you that he can actually go in the ring orange cassidy is a hell of a wrestler don't let his comic persona fool you he can definitely go in the ring he's had some classics already since he's been in AEW with guys like Pac and um even Kenny Omega himself Chris Jericho he had some great matches with you know he's more than just a viral joke wrestler he he actually has chops in the ring but that persona is funny as shit I, I I've seen people who don't even watch wrestling at all look at look getting at uh videos of Orange Cassidy and just laughing their asses off it's it's hilarious and uh yeah that's why i have him at number eight on my list uh bob you had him at number 10 what do you got to say about orange cassidy just like you said i, I love this guy um I, I had seen the videos of him before um you know like like they call him the king of sloth style where he comes in and uh his hands in his pockets his, his glasses on and then he does that really slow kick like you said to the legs and uh the crowd just eats it up, you know, when he kicks, when he kicks you they're they're going crazy. Oh, oh, and he, and then he winds up to do like his, his version of the super kick and you hear the crowd. Oh, and then when he does, and like his opponent, like uh, we were at revolution when he wrestled, um, when he wrestled Pac and and it was, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, You know, there, there's a, there's a segment there where Pac puts some like body slams and he goes to do the, uh, the Falcon arrow or the red arrow that he does off the top rope and orange Cassidy starts rolling out of the way. So 
uh, pockets down and he goes to meet him on the other side and then Orange Cassidy rolls the other way to the ring. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then he does it he does it one more time and he rolls and Pac's meeting him right on the outside of the ring and Orange Cassidy just this does this like s- s- smile and it was just priceless. The crowd ate it up. They're screaming this is awesome. Um he's just fantastic. Uh just like you said he he could wrestle his ass off uh but he's definitely just so much fun to watch. Uh, what I love about wrestling, people always ask me, why do you love wrestling to me so much? Uh, it's always been a male soap opera for me. You know, you, you get you get the intensity, you get the excitedness, and, and then you get the comedy. And, and he's perfect, perfect, perfect for that comedy aspect of it. Just because, like I said, um, sometimes in the middle of a pay-per-view or middle of a show, you just need something to... Like, like, kind of like you said, a palate cleanser where it's just like you need something to unwind and, and relax again. And, and you know, an Orange Cassidy match, especially like that one I mentioned about with Pac, it, it'll definitely do that for you. So uh, definitely a huge fan of Orange Cassidy. Yeah. I mean, I lo- it seemed, you know, he's, you know, with Orange Cassidy, he's in on the joke. That's what makes it so funny. You know, everybody's in on the joke. That's why everybody loves it. That's why he's so over. It's, it's, it's awesome. You know, just to have everybody, you know, in just in that same mind space and just enjoying everything that's going on with a wrestler like him. It's, it's cool. It's, it's, it's fucking awesome. Uh, Adam, you mentioned Orange Cassidy earlier when he was on uh, Kim and Byron's list. Do you have anything to add as far as Orange Cassidy is concerned? Yeah, like you said, he's he could definitely go in the ring too because you know sometimes you know people who are just there for for comedy really you know that's all they bring. But no, he's he's got it all around, and I just I, I, it, uh, it's one of the most original gimmicks I've seen in in, in quite some time. Uh, just uh, it's just a stroke of creative genius. Um, it was it was cool to see him in the in the title picture um, for the last. Um, AEW pay-per-view obviously didn't win the belt but but again just uh just the fact that the, yeah uh you know you're doing some right when the crowd is just eating it up and and, and into you um and and uh, you know getting the reactions that he gets so um yeah kudos just uh yeah, one of the one of the most fun parts of AEW for sure yeah so there you go Number 10 on our list with four points overall. Freshly squeezed, Orange Cassidy. All right, let's move to number nine on our list. Number nine comes in with six points, and they got those six points from being number five on Adam's list. So, Adam, we're going to have you take this away here. Number nine on our list is the Dudley Boys coming in with six points. Take it away, Adam. What, what made you put the Dudleys at number five on your list? Well, as Tony knows, uh, this was an 11th hour. Uh, I resubmitted my list because I'm like, I forgot about them. I just, <laughs> yeah, I'm talking mostly of their ECW tenure here. Um, again, we, we've kind of talked about our tag team episode and, and ECW episode. The, those guys just, uh, <laughs> Talk about just getting heat, getting the audience involved. Uh, they they just they just had it in spades. Devon and Bubba Ray, and of course they had Joel Gertner. Uh, was you know some of the things that he said on the mic as their manager. I mean, you had a guy walking around with you called Big Dick, the One Eyed Monster. I mean, come on, that's that's funny right out of the gate. I, I, yeah, a shout out for that. But 
this the Dudley's gimmick was they were just super heels. They would go to every town and berate the shit out of every town that they were in. And uh, some of it I'm not going to repeat because, <laughs> <laughs> especially uh, you know, we're talking 20 years ago. Um, it was kind of a different time. Um, and people got away with saying a lot of them were, you know, they said some very controversial stuff, but I mean, uh, you know, they just, you know, I remember them in Chicago and, 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 and them berating all the sports teams here, you know, you know, uh, the white sucks suck. The Cubs haven't won a fucking thing in 90 years, you know, just, you know, they, they just would just pick on you, but like you, I mean, people get mad, but I, I just found it hilarious. I did it, uh, you know, and then, um, you know, they, they saw, you know, they, they get into these brawls with all these other teams. I remember the first matches I ever saw, um, Bubba Ray took a bowling ball to the nuts and in, in the corner, he was seated, uh, you know, seated on the ring and Tommy Dreamer hit him in the nuts with a bowling ball. And just the way that Bubba Ray sold it was just hysterical. Um, I think he got hit with a shopping cart too. Just, uh, I just, I just love them from the jump, and and it was just so much fun to have them rile people up. You know, you know, it's all an act. You know, they're they're just trying to get the audience going. But I, I just, you know, when we were at that, we, we always talk about that show at the Odeon we were at where people were throwing chairs at them. I yeah. I was eating it up. I, obviously, some of the things they said were inflammatory, and again, I won't repeat them, but. Uh, then you got to push people's buttons, but uh, you know it was all in the name of getting over his heels. And I just, I just found the tactics that they used and, and the lengths they went to to just be like uncomfortably hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, the closest thing to a riot I ever got in a wrestling show is when the Dudleys kicked <laughs> kicked it off <laughs> of that ECW show, man. And they were hilarious doing it. I, I have no problem with you putting them so high on your list. I, I, they didn't make my list quite, you know. Yeah. But I could totally, totally see uh, them making your list. I have no problems with that. Um, Bob, you have anything to add as far as the Dudleys? I know they weren't on your list, but do you have anything to add? I love the Dudley boys. Uh, they didn't make my list, obviously, because uh, I thought I'm a more of like uh Instead of being funny wise, I thought more of, more of heat. Uh, obviously, heat magnets than anything else. Um, but uh, when they first came out, Bubba Ray had the stuttering problem. Um, when he would try and talk into the ring, that was fucking hilarious. You know, you would just laugh because he would be like get into a stutter, and then they would have to smack the shit out of him in the back of the head in order to to get it out, and the crowd would go along with it. Um, Bubba Ray did the uh, the dancing uh, thing where he would just out of nothing just break out of nowhere and just start dancing in the ring. Um, you know, so that was pretty funny as well. And like you mentioned, uh, Joel Gertner, uh, we couldn't, we couldn't put managers on this list because if not, Joel Gertner would have been easily in my top three. Uh, he was amazing and fantastic. Uh, just one of my all time favorite people on the mic when it comes to just hilarious shit he would say. And like, like Adam mentioned, just some of the shit they would say was just raunchy as ever. But, uh, to this day, I still quote Joe Gortner and you know that exactly Tony, cause I'll tell it to you all the time. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I love the Dudley boys. And, but the reason I didn't put them on, like I said, is for me, it was just more, uh, like you said, the riot, the pissing off the crowd. Uh, but I definitely get Adam's perspective on it. Yeah. So there you go. At number nine with six points, we have the Dudley boys. All right, let's go to number eight. And at number eight, we have a tie 
We have a tie at number eight. Both picks coming in with seven points. We'll do the first pick here. Um, coming in first at number eight in this tie comes from Bob's list. They were number four on Bob's list. We're talking about the team of Triple H and HPK. DX coming in at number eight, the first in the tie with seven points. Bob, what do you got to say about Triple H and HBK as D-Generation X? Put them down together as DX because at first I had them separate and I just realized how funny they were together. Um, and it's just some of the shit that they did was just fantastic. Uh, obviously, when, when I think of DX, one of the first things I think of, the, the founding members that you, we, we always went over was China, Triple H, uh, Shawn Michaels, Rick Rude, and I'll always think of the uh, the apology news conference that they did, um, where yeah. where they can't they they can't say ass and damn and and bitch and all those other words, and and then they just keep c- continuing to go on further and further and further, and, and then they just piss each other off and they start saying all these words and all this other stuff. Uh, I won't mention it on the show, but j- if you want to watch the promo, it's on YouTube. Uh, just that alone. Uh, dropped it hilarious um the skit with sergeant slaughter i know adam mentioned them before you know with the covid uh the skit with uh sergeant slaughter with garden they would say sergeant slaughter would spew when he when he would talk so they put the masks on with the little visors um the shit that they did there um the they did a vignette where they they dressed up like vince mcmahon and shane mcmahon and all Triple H kept doing is, as Vince McMahon, he kept tugging on his ear and making a face. Uh, Shawn Michaels, uh, Shane McMahon kept doing Shane McMahon's dance around the ring after after every comment he would make. Um, just the stuff that they would do together was just hilarious. Um, just I, I just always found them hilarious in the ring. Uh, they did a skit with the the Spirit Squad where they threw the guys in a crate and then they put stickers on the crate. And when they walk away, it says "Please send to Ohio Valley," uh, which was, at that time was like their developmental camp. Yeah. Um, they there, there's a match: Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and a couple other guys. I think it's Survivor Series. Uh, do you remember Mike Knox? He was just some weird wrestler, no yeah. gimmick. He just had a beard. Shawn Michaels super kicks him and pins him. And Mike Knox is eliminated from the Survivor Series, and he turns around, and Michaels looks at them, and he goes, "Who the hell is that guy? Like he works here, <laughs> you know, like, shit like that." Just always made me laugh, especially with these two together. Um, and then one of the all, the last ones I'll always remember is they were doing a skit where they were talking about how popular they were, and they're like, uh, "We have the number two DVD in WWE history," and they're like, "Well, who's number one?" And uh, they're like, "Oh, the Undertaker." He, and they're like, we still can't even, uh, we still always lose to that guy no matter what. And just like, just knowing the concept of that, where it's coming from, just drop that hilarious, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I loved everything they did together. So DX as Shawn Michaels and Triple H, I had to put them on there. Yeah. I mean, especially, you know, DX was the one uh, that was responsible really for ushering in the whole attitude era, you yeah. know? And um, yeah, the stuff that they were doing, Triple H and HBK in that period of time, you know, and people remember, people forget how brief of a period of time it really was. It was only from like that 97 into 98 period. Um, you know, when, when uh, DX was really at the height of their powers with those two, um, before, you know, HBK went on his hiatus for four years, but in that period of time, they were a hell of a comedic team. And even like you said, when they came back, you know, 
um, and reformed back in like the late 2000s, I believe it was, or like the mid to late 2000s, you know, they weren't as raunchy, you know, because of that, by that point, HBK was uh, born again, but mm-hmm. uh, they were still pretty funny. And I, I still enjoyed them. They still had a little bit of the old magic. Um, Adam, uh, you know, I know that uh, the way you voted, you didn't have DX as a team. Uh, but do you have anything to say about DX? It was probably the hardest decision I had to make because I, I had asked, can you can you do the group and the individuals? And, and we're, it was one or the other. So it was a hard decision to make. But uh, I could definitely see um, – of being high up in anyone's list uh yeah you guys hit on a lot of it already and just uh i, I remember you, you know them being smart asses the bret hart you know him, michaels and bret hart is just I'll, I'll eat that up all day it's just to be, the rivalry between them was one of the best ever and and then just making fun of bret hart uh you know from like i remember they brought the the midget out after uh, dressed mm-hmm. up like Bret Hart after uh, after the screw job, and they're making fun of him there. Uh, yeah, I loved all that stuff with Sergeant Slaughter, just, just classic shit. That <laughs> I, I I love the visor thing, but I also liked when he would talk and like uh, they'd be holding their shirts in front of their faces, you know, so they mm-hmm. wouldn't get slobber all over them. Um, you know, just yeah, just just countless stuff. I remember another time when the the Undertaker's. Um, uh, hearse pulled up and then they opened the back of the hearse and both of them are back there with a bunch of chicks and stuff. And they just, they just, they just always had something going and, and uh, yeah, I like too how they, they always would kind of, you know, make reference to what was going on behind the curtain too. Oh yeah. It was always a lot of fun also. So um, yeah, they, they were, they were hysterical together and um I, you know, uh, it was kind of born out of, you know, the whole curtain call thing, um, you know, National Hall leaving for WCW and, you know, half the click goes to WCW and Michaels is pretty miserable as champion and, and they're bearing Hunter for, for about a year uh, due to punishing him for the, uh, for the curtain call. And it's, it was just them getting there, uh, not, not the, not to be, uh, <laughs> pulling out a pun here, but uh, it helped HBK find a smile again, basically, because uh, they just acted obnoxious and, and had a great time with it. And Yeah, they were responsible for a lot of the Attitude Era stuff, along with Austin, just uh, just branching the product out, making it more exciting So and fun to watch. So, yeah, uh, it definitely should be mentioned here. But I love that promo, too, about the, about the censorship. That My brother and I used to quote that all the time. Yeah. Well, there you go. First team in our, t- our first uh, entry here at number eight in our tie, they come in with seven points. You have the team of Triple H and HBK, D-Generation X. All right. Well, how about the second uh, entry here that's tied at number eight, also with seven points, and they get those seven points from being on number four on Adam's personal list. We're talking about the King of Hearts, Owen Hart, coming in at number eight, tied with DX with seven points. Uh, Adam, like I said, it was number four on your list, so let us know about Owen Hart. I absolutely loved Owen Hart. Uh, you know, not not all, you know, because 
this is what happened to them. People will say, oh, I love this guy, but I really uh, loved Owen Hart from, from pretty much from day one. I mean, I thought the Blue Blazer, I didn't know was Owen Hart at the time, but, you know, I thought, oh, this guy's a pretty awesome athletic wrestler. But, but I mean, uh, obviously, you know, he started out kind of slow. Um, you know, it's just Bret Hart's brother, and they then they did the whole brilliant uh Owen becomes the jealous little brother and uh, a, a, a Brett. And I mean, that, that guy just took being a bratty younger brother to, uh, he just took it all the way. He took the ball and just, he was like Forrest Gump. He ran down the tunnel with the ball. I mean, he was just so good and so funny. Just the, his promos were always just hysterical and, and, you know, he just had so many sour grapes and he just, uh, he was such a great heel. I, I remember the, uh, the the title match with Bob Backlund um, when with the throw in the towel match where, where Owen begged Helen to throw the towel in, you know, and, and she did. And then he just completely ah, 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 kind of thing. And Brett lost the belt because of him. Uh, I just, he was tailor made to be a, a cocky, annoying heel. And he was just so good and so funny at it. And then later on down the road, um, you know, just, I think the peak of Owen for me was the Slammy award-winning King of Hearts, uh, thing he was doing, carrying the Slammies to the ring. Um, I love when he'd get on commentary, uh, they'd have him on commentary from time to time and, and just, you know, you know, dressing down all the opponents and complaining, uh, all the stuff he did with Austin, even though there was real life heat when, uh, when he injured Austin accidentally, you know, he was still, he was still cracking on him and wearing the Owen 316. I just broke your neck shirts, but just just the whole just the whole crying out for attention thing just really resonated for me. And everything he did, he just had a pretty much everything he did. He had a great comedic side to him. Um, later on, when they when they made him do the blue blazer again, uh, you know, I, th- I thought that was funny how he was spoofing on Hogan and. <laughs> And all them telling everybody to drink their milk. Uh, he was, you know, and of course, everyone knows all the stories about how he was a prankster in the ring, outside the ring. Um, you know, the guy just was a fun loving guy, loved the business, loved to give the fans their money's worth, both putting on great matches and giving them laughs and, 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 you know, cracking the roster up too. He was just, he was a jokester inside and outside of the ring, and he was just, he was just one of the most entertaining guys. I mean, you know, obviously Brett had more accolades, had more title reigns, uh, was more widely regarded, uh, and, and rightfully so, but, but Owen's right up there with him. Um, you know, if he had, you know, Owen won the IC belt a couple of times, I really think he could have been champion. He was that good. Um, just thoroughly entertaining and, and, and funny, uh, all at the same time. Yeah. And even still, like you mentioned all that. And you know what I liked when, uh, you know, he even kept it going when he was in the nation, you know, and uh, of course, when uh, Triple H compared him to a, a piece of crap, you know, the little nugget that would nugget. refuse to go down the the drain, you know, and Owen turned that into comedy gold. Yes. You know, the whole, I'm not a nugget. I'm a champion. It, it was, you know, look at me. that I'm stuff was hilarious as well. You I'm, know, that just, yeah, you know, it's. It, it it all flies into how talented he was on the mic, you know, because he was so, you know, like you said, earnest 
to a fault. You know, that's why the blue blazer character took, you know, got over, especially, you know, unfortunately the one at the end of his, of his life, you know, just him believing in himself to the point where he just was just this, uh, <laughs> just, you know, like you said, a character of the whole old Hogan days, you know, the eat your prayer or say your, say your prayers, eat your vitamins, drink your milk, you know, Owen could do whatever the hell he wanted in that ring and on the mic. And he was definitely in tune with the whole um, humorous aspect of professional wrestling too, which is why, you know, he wasn't on my list, but yeah, I, I could totally see Owen being on here. Uh, Bob, you have anything to say about Owen Hart? Yeah, I completely agree with what both of you guys said with regards to Owen. Um, definitely a huge fan of his, uh, one of my favorite stories is was told by Michael Cole. Um, he's about to interview the British Bulldog and Owen Hart um, for one of their matches. And Michael Cole had just started working there. So he's about to interview him. And right before they just say, hey, just loosen up. Everything will be okay. And Michael Cole says, thank you. I appreciate it. And right when they're saying that, Owen takes a bottle of uh, Coke and he pours a two liter down Michael Cole's tuxedo pants and they go live. <laughs> And right when they go live, he's got to be professional about it. So he's got to sit there interviewing them like nothing happened. And here he is talking to them with pop down his drawers and everything. And he's got to sit there and take it. And that's just you, you hear all these stories about what he would do. And just that was one of my favorites when I heard that one. Uh, so, yeah, definitely a huge fan of Owen Hart. Definitely, uh, like you mentioned, the the nugget, uh, the walking around with the, the slammies in his hand and the the woo he would do uh, with both of them. Definitely a big fan of Owen. Yeah. So there you go. At number eight, we had a tie, both acts with seven points. DX and Owen Hart coming in at number eight in a tie. All right, let's move to number seven. Number seven comes in with eight points, and they got those eight points from being number three on Adam's list. We mentioned DX, but Adam, you put the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels by himself at number three on your list, which is why he's at number seven here with eight points. Uh, what do you got to say about HBK, Adam? I am a mark for cocky ass heels. I I, I uh, fully confess to everyone. I am a mark for cocky ass heels, and it's solely why Shawn Michaels was at number three on my list. He wasn't funny as a face. I mean, he had great matches. You know, the, the, he was he he was the, when he was a face on during his second run. You rooted for him because you just respected his talent and, and all all that he gave and. And he was just inspirational to watch because he knew what happened to his back, and it was like nothing ever happened. But, but I'm talking about when he first came in. Uh, the, you know, the, uh, well, I mean, Bobby Heenan helped out with his heel turn by saying uh, Marty Jannetty dived through the barber shop window. But just just the way he was acting like a cocky asshole during that whole interview leading up to it, and uh, the tearing the magazine apart. I mean, he was just born to be a heel and then coming up with the the concept of whenever he was finished wrestling, you know, two or three matches later, the ring announcer would say, Shawn Michaels has left the building. Um, just, just stuff like that. And, uh, you know, just countless, you know, countless times, you know, all, all again, going back to all the stuff that he had to say about Bret Hart. One of my favorite, favorite things, uh, promos was him, 
in Canada. Uh, it was like around 1997, right before SummerSlam. He was announcing he was the special guest referee. And you would think Adolf Hitler came to the ring the way the fans were booing him and chanting disparaging things at him. And they just hated his guts. And, and, and he was just making all these jokes about Canada. And he's, <laughs> One of my favorite quotes of his was, you know, I have great love and respect for Canada. I remember as a kid waking up on Christmas morning and getting some Canadian army men for Christmas. And they all came out of the box like this. And he raised his hands like in surrender. It, it, it just pissed the fans off that much more. Um, just stuff like that. I mean, it was it was just absolutely legendary. We kind of touched on this stuff with uh, with the Generation X and and all the the things they were doing there. Um, I, I, the way Shawn Michaels worked made me laugh sometimes because I mean he sold moves like no other. Uh, you know, and one of my classic favorite examples of that actually was during his second run uh, Michaels had to do a brief heel turn for his feud with Hogan because Hogan you know didn't want face versus face Hogan just wanted to, he wanted to be the face and wanted Michaels to be the heel so he had to dial it back and I can remember Michaels doing a, a parody of him on a on a fake Larry King show and and that being hysterical but uh, you know there was, of course, was backstage politics going on with the with the Hogan Michaels feud. I guess the story was um, Hogan was going to win one, Michaels was going to win one, and then I, I don't know who was going to go over the third time, but uh, it didn't work for Hogan brothers. So how does Michaels respond? Overselling the shit out of everything that Hogan did. Just a punch. Michaels would act like he got hit by a truck. I, I'll never forget how he sold Hogan's big boot. Uh, how just yeah. ridiculous. And, uh, and and just so much entertainment, so much fun. And then the next day, he gets on the mic and and says, "I I, I just couldn't take it. He was just too cat like. He was just too. <laughs> I couldn't keep up with him. I just I don't know what to tell you all. And uh, he was just uh, nobody played an asshole better in in my book than Shawn Michaels. Uh, and and just nobody was cockier, and and and, and nobody was better at it. Just making it so much fun uh in the ring i i just i, I just loved it uh so that's that's why he's so high on my list and yeah uh, again the dx stuff was great the stuff with triple h was great but but a lot of my favorite moments were him as solo as a heel yeah i mean we said it last week when we talked about rick martell it goes all the way back to yeah you know when he was uh first you know a solo heel and doing shit like, you know, feuding with Rick Martel, but nobody can punch each other in the face, you know, that kind of shit, you know, and then, um, yeah, up to DX. And I, I'm glad you mentioned the, the, the match with Hogan at that SummerSlam where he was <laughs> that big boot. He like, he gets the big boot, gets back up, spins around <laughs> like a top and then just like flips and goes right back down. So Hogan can give him the leg drop. <laughs> It is fucking hilarious. And, and the fact yeah, that it pissed the shit out of Hogan made it even better. Yeah. You know, and it's, you know, say what you will about Michaels, you know, people say he's easier to get along with now. And, but that was certainly not the case, you know, back when he was uh, on top, you know, in the, in the late nineties, but the guy knows the business and he knows how to get over and to do it 
in that kind of hilarious fashion, you know, just shows you how talented he is. So, yeah, I got no problems with Shawn Michaels being in the top ten. I had forgotten about the match with Vader where he told Vader to move out loud. Move! (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and then, uh, yeah, Vader, like, misses spot, and he really, like, actually kicked Vader in the head. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, but... How about you, uh, Bob? I know again you didn't have uh, Shawn Michaels as a solo guy on your list. You had him in DX. What do you, What do you have to say? Yeah, like uh, just look like Adam said as as a heel, he was fantastic. I remember there's a they they did a segment where Triple H is in the ring with him and they showed the the curtain call with the click mm-hmm. uh, on the video and they're making fun of Vince McMahon. And they're like, hey, look, there's me and there's you and there's our friends and I was a good guy, but you were a bad guy. And they, like just the shit that they were doing there, just mocking them, the actual severity <laughs> of it. Um, <laughs> like you mentioned, Adam went with Bret Hart uh, the day after the screw job where he shows up in Canada and he starts singing, oh, Canada. Um, you know, just that, that was hilarious. Um, oh, and, and you can't, and you can't forget the part where you stuck the Canadian yes. flag up his nose. <laughs> that was, yeah. That's what I was about to say. Oh, and man. then when Adam's Adam mentioned the Larry King skit with Hulk Hogan, where he's dressed up as Hogan and every other sentence ends with the word brother. He's just, uh, he's doing that. Um, <laughs> There, there's a segment where Triple H is trying to find Shawn Michaels and to bring him back to, to DX and he finds him at a restaurant and uh, he's working at a restaurant. He's like, what are you doing here? And then the boss comes out and he's like, hey, Hickenbottom, get to work. And, and Tr- Triple H looks at him and he goes, Hickenbottom. He's like, yeah, I got to stay anonymous so people don't know who the hell I am. You know? so like, <laughs> <laughs> the shit that they would do together was just perfect. So him as a heel is definitely fantastic. So uh, definitely a good pick. Yeah. So there we go. Number seven on our list with eight points. Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid. All right. Well, we're at number six. And number six comes in with 10 points on our list. Uh, And they got that 10 points from being number eight on Bob's list, number 10 on Adam's list. And they came in all the way up at number five on my list. We're talking about uh, Edgy Christian. Edge and Christian coming in at number six on our list with 10 points. Um, man, I loved Edge and Christian, man. I still love Edge and Christian. They have like this, this chemistry together. And you, and you can tell, you know, because it, they've been friends since they were kids um, in real life. And they just know how to play off each other. And, you know, of course, we knew that uh, Edge and Christian started out in the company together as members of the brood. And the brood is not exactly what you would call uh, a laugh fest, you know. <laughs> um, but when they the kind fans of, were mashing to the theme music, that was funny. Yeah, that was pretty funny. But um, Edgy Christian eventually uh, separated themselves from the brood and became a tag team on their own, and that's when they started to blossom comedically. You know, they started with their whole. You know, they just took on the personas of two idiots who were just having the time of their lives, you know, and, and it came off that way every single night that they were together, you know, they, they would, um, from everything like, uh, you know, for the benefits of those with flash photography, them posing in the ring, you know, just like those wrestling poses that they did. And, you know, um, playing triple H's old theme music on kazoos, you know, that kind of shit. It was, they came off as just two clueless guys who thought they were the coolest guys in the room, mm-hmm. even though they were totally dorks. And it, it was, 
it was funny as shit, you know, and it, it's, it's kind of cool, you know, a- after they broke up and they went their solo ways, they never kind of had that same kind of um, humor to them, you know, but when they get together again, especially when uh, they got back together after Edge retired and they started doing that show on the WWE network, they still showed how funny they can be as a team, even though they're not even wrestling, you know, it's, it's, you know, j- just that kind of chemistry they have, just like I said, just from being friends, it's shown on screen and you just knew that these guys were just total goofballs, but you loved laughing with them and with their shit. And yeah, that's why I had them in my top five. Uh, Bob, you had them at number eight. What do you have to say about Edge and Christian? I love Edge and Christian. Um, I, uh, I was a huge fan of their skits that they would do with the kazoos, like you mentioned, uh, you know, they did it with Triple H. They did it with Kurt Angle. Uh, they did it with uh, The New Day. They did it with uh, Chris Benoit. You know, they would play their, their music on it. Uh, the skits that they would do with Mick Foley when Mick Foley was the commissioner were just fucking hilarious. Um, there was one where Christian had to lose weight because he wanted to be a light heavyweight. Oh, yeah. So, they, you know, they're doing stuff where he's running in the chicken suit. Uh, you know, that, that shit was just hilarious there. And then uh, after Foley, the, the skits they would do with, with Kurt Angle. Uh, dropped it hilarious with, uh, with uh, Kurt Angle. I remember there was one where they did the five second pose as uh, they were dressed up as uh, the uh, the jug band, where they were dressed up like hillbillies, you know, looking <laughs> like hillbilly gym, and they got the banjos and everything. Um, I, I I loved them together. Like you said, they were just um, comedy geniuses when they were together. Uh, Kurt Angle, where they bought him the pictures, and he's looking at these nice pictures of him, and he's holding them up, and the back of the pictures say, I still suck. Uh, you know, just shit like that that they would do. Um, just pranksters and, and, and the stuff, but together is uh, just hilarious. I know when Christian just came to AEW, um, and he was in the, the Battle Royal, uh, they had one of the guys, I think it was Max Caster, the guy that does the rapping gimmick now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he comes out and he mentioned Edge, and you look at Christian, and he he looks at one of the wrestlers in the ring, and he goes, "Who's that?" You know, like just shit like that that say it, it's just it's just pretty funny together. So, um, I had to put Edge and Christian on the list because to me, like I said, they they were great, and I I still one of these days want to find out from Adam why you put them in the uh, honorable mentions as his tag team champions. <laughs> Maybe you can uh, you can uh, answer that, Adam, because you had them at number ten on your list. What do you have to say about Edge and Christian? They're a great tag team, but uh, but lots of teams had uh, a lot longer title reigns, and they're, they're no they're no they're no London and Kendrick. But you're damn straight about that. <laughs> <laughs> they had some tough competition, boys. Yeah, very tough competition. So so that's what's so great. Is everybody has a different opinion? I mean, again, yeah. they were a great tag team. I just, I just, uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a brains and a numbers guy. So they just, uh, I had them up there, but there are other teams ahead of them. But uh, no team. But this, this list is totally subjective, though. So what do you have to say no, about? No team is is funnier yeah. than Edge and Christian. Um, yeah. That that I will say unequivocally. Um, I thought kazoos were the stupidest thing in the world until I saw that that sketch that night where they were playing all the kazoos. With the, you, know, you think you know me. You think you know me. Oh, my God. I can't do it justice. And then Chris Benoit, he is Chris Benoit, and he's very mad. 
He's been wild, and he's very, he's very angry. angry. <laughs> Uh, and then Tony, yeah, I I think part of the magic, at least the first for me, was again, yeah, they they had that whole vampire gimmick first with the brood. There wasn't, you know, they were they used to abduct people. They abducted Stephanie McMahon and locked her in the basement, and they had the whole Ministry of Darkness thing. And of course, uh, uh, Bob, but maybe another reason is because they hung the big boss man at WrestleMania. Um, just a little pissed about that, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, I didn't get for a title. Maybe, yeah, because his throat was too messed up. But um, but to go from that and have, just pull a complete one eighty, that was the magic of the attitude era. You just you just never knew what to expect. They they just they let those guys show. You know, like Tony mentioned their chemistry, and and it was just it was tremendous. You know, I mentioned the Dudley Boys earlier about insulting people and every town they went in uh, edge and christian did it in a much less vulgar manner um but just as funny with uh, with all the all the stuff they did I, I i don't know i just i just crack up when i see anybody insult the other uh, you know the city they're in's baseball team or football team it's just it, uh, you'll get me to laugh every single time because people take that so personally so um yeah just just tremendous together. Um, yeah, I loved all the stuff with Kurt Angle. It was just like, you know, again, um, everybody, everybody's, you know, especially in school, knew those guys who thought, you know, who thought they were the coolest and they really weren't what they thought they were. And, and uh, it, it was just great. So, yeah, huge fan of, uh, of everything uh, that they put together as a team. Just innovative, creative, and always hysterical. I love that you mentioned the Chris Benoit thing because I totally forgot about that. I'll never forget that. Oh my god, he is Chris Benoit, and he's very I think, mad. I think we were watching it at my house, Tony. I think I recall. I think you were there. Yeah, with the two of us were just dying. I remember. He is Chris Benoit, and he's very angry. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Yeah. So there you go. Ten points coming in at number six. We have the magical team of Edge and Christian. All right, well, we're in the top five now, and at number five, this pick comes in with 13 points, and he got those 13 points by being number eight on Adam's list, and in a great minds think alike moment, he was number six on both my list and Bob's list. We're talking about Mick Foley coming in at number five on our list with 13 points. Bob, we'll start with you. What do you have to say about Mrs. Foley's baby boy? Mrs. Foley's baby boy is hilarious. Um, you know, he would do the cheap heat when uh, he would just be like, uh, here in Chicago, Illinois, and like the crowd would go nuts. Uh, but just his skits that he would have are always going to be memorable for me. Um, the This is your life with the rock. Um, you know, he brought back the rocks coach and his old girlfriend and, uh, um, just th those two together were just priceless. Uh, Vince McMahon in the hospital when he goes to Vince to visit Vince in the hospital with Yerpo the clown and, uh, Mr. Sacco again, I'll always remember that stuff. Um, 2012, the Royal rumble where he shows up and Santino's in the ring. Santino had taken the Cobra gimmick where he'd put the sock on and have the Cobra. So now they're both in the ring 
and they both pull out the socks and you have the Cobra and you have Sacco in the other corner. And it's like an old Western showdown movie. Like, you know, it was like the way they were staring at it with sock puppets was fucking hilarious. Um, like you said, uh, well, we just mentioned Edge and Christian together. Uh, the 98 Royal Rumble was hilarious to me because that's when he did the three faces of Foley in the Rumble where he came out as all three characters. And to me, that was just fucking hilarious. And um, I'll always remember when he, he left for a while and he came back and, and The Rock comes out to the ring, welcomes him back. And, uh, you know, he's talking how The Rock is now five-time champion. He's like, how does it feel? And The Rock's about to say how it feels. And he's like, it doesn't matter how you feel. He's like, <laughs> and like the, the place erupts, uh, just hilarious. Uh, in all aspects of wrestling, he does a wrestling stand-up show where, you know, to do that as well, he's just a funny, funny man. So uh, definitely a huge fan of Mick Foley when it comes to the mic and, and his comedy. Yeah, and you can't uh, you can't forget him uh, constantly bagging on Al Snow either. That's <laughs> yeah. that's part, that's part of the uh, the alert too. Yeah, Mick Foley is. I love Mick Foley. He's, you know, originally, of course, you know, he's the the hardcore legend when he was when he was Cactus Jack. You know, he had some humorous points to him, but he was mostly serious in his early days in WCW. Um, he start he started letting his comedic uh, his comedic uh, side come up when he was in ECW doing his uh, pro Eric Bischoff, mm-hmm. uh, you know, promos. Because as everybody remembers, Eric Bischoff back in WCW was like Public Enemy number one, you know, and um, just him using that as a heel fuel. You know him, him wearing shirts with Eric Bischoff uh, airbrushed on him, and you know, <laughs> just just uh, you know pledging his love to him all the time. You know, just to get the heat from the crowd. That was that was beautiful, and you know the guy could cut. So he was so magic on the mic as far as promo cutting. You know, he could give you a really intense promo on one end, but then turn around and do something like you know, the, the, this is your life thing with the rock, like you said, and you know, the, the whole thing with Vince McMahon in the hospital, that's one of my favorite raw segments of all time. If not, if, if not the, the favorite. So, and Mick Foley had, uh, you know, a huge part in all that. So yeah, I, I love Mick Foley. One, definitely one of the most, uh, f- funniest wrestlers of all time. Uh, Adam, you had him at number eight on your list. What do you have to say about Mick Foley? I always liked Mick Foley. Like, like you mentioned, Tony, I remember his, his, uh, WCW days as Cactus Jack and all the crazy shit he would do and, and, uh, and all that. And, um, didn't really catch him in ECW till after he was gone. And I went back and watched the DVDs and stuff. Uh, I knew who he was when he was mankind, when he came into WWF. But for me, I, I didn't know how funny it was until, uh, he had that whole corporate gimmick with Vince McMahon going like, you know, McMahon being wheeled out on the stretch and little things like, you know, McMahon getting wheeled out on a stretcher and Mick offering him his soda and, and, and stuff like that. being McMahon's little, little kiss ass, but he was just so good at it. And uh, yeah, that uh, the hospital sketch, I don't think anything will ever top that. I, I remember uh, recording raw that night and watching it like five or six times 
And then I actually brought it to work and showed people in the back room at Osco who weren't even wrestling fans. Like, you have to see this. This shit is so funny. I'll never forget uh, him with Mr. Sacco and and McMahon just finally going, damn it, leave. (laughs) (laughs) The the clown and, uh, yeah, he he was... Uh, he, he would be insane not to like McFoley. I mean, he, he just had this, uh, he reminded me of Owen in the sense that he was just like this, uh, when he showed his funny side, he was just like a, a, a rated G guy in a rated R environment. It was just so innocent and, and goofy and nerdy, but, but it was just, just so good. And, and so funny. And just, always quick like always thinking on his feet and and getting those laughs i mean you know read his books i mean all all his memoirs are just hysterical too um yeah he just had a great has a great mind for comedy it's as bob mentioned he does stand up and um just all the stories he tells and how he colors it uh it's it's always entertaining um yeah, and, uh, and I love uh, – that's what really put him on the map in the WWE is when they showed the dude love vignettes. And, and even though they weren't funny at first, but just Mick showing all those different sides of his personality to JR and all that and the sit-down interviews and and having the identity crisis, not knowing who you know, who was going to come out and when. Uh, the dude love stuff was hysterical when he turned heel and – was trying to take the title from Austin. Just, yeah, just, I always look forward to seeing him because I knew something funny and hysterical was coming. So yeah, I'm a huge McFoley fan. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We're all McFoley fans. That's why he's on our, all three of our lists enough to get 13 points and get into the number five spot on our countdown. So there you go. Number five, McFoley. All right, let's move to number four on our list. Number four comes in with 21 points, and he got those 21 points from being number six on Adam's list, number five on Bob's list, and God damn it, he's number one on my personal list. We're talking about Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle coming in at number four with 21 points. I'll start because, like I said, he was number one on my list. You know, there's two eras of Kurt Angle, I want to say. You know, there was pre-shaved head Kurt Angle and post-shaved head Kurt Angle. Post-shaved head Kurt Angle, the bald Kurt Angle era, there wasn't a lot of humor going on. You know, once once he shaved his head, you know, Kurt Angle kind of became all business and he would put on five-star classics in the ring, but the humor kind of was gone. But when he had hair... Kurt Angle was one of the funniest motherfuckers <laughs> in the WWF. He was really, really fun. There was nobody who could make me laugh quite like Kurt Angle could. And he did it by totally, you know, playing into his persona as just this goody two shoes, Olympic gold medalist, like, you know, all American boy, you know, square. You know, and he played that to the hilt to the point where, you know, everybody remembers when he first debuted, he played it so well that everybody hated him. But eventually, like that humor took over and the crowd eventually started warming up to him. Just, you know, from him 
you know, the Jimmy crack corn and I don't care stuff. And, you know, the, you know, the milk truck, which was the takeoff on uh stone cold, Steve Austin, when stone cold, Steve Austin drove the beer truck to douse the McMahon's with beer. And during that whole invasion angle, Kurt, Kurt angle did the, the same thing, but he had a milk truck <laughs> and he, and he doused all everybody with, with milk. And he was, you know, that kind of shit. And like you said, we, we touched on Edge and Christian earlier, but the segments he had with Edge and Christian were gold. And the, what I loved the most, like the funniest era of of uh, professional wrestling to me was when Kurt Angle and Steve Austin got together. Yes. And they were vying for uh, Vince's love, basically. <laughs> and, um, you know, Kurt Angle would... Uh, you know, just being the clueless guy that he was would just step into these minds that Stone Cold would set up for him. And of course, like the topper was when uh, Stone Cold came back from uh, from Texas and he had a, a cowboy hat for himself and he bought a Stetson for Vince. And then he bought Kurt Angle, the little uh, like child sized uh, cowboy hat and Kurt Angle was over the moon about it. <laughs> He he was like, oh wow, I feel like a like a real cowboy. <laughs> and oh man, it was so great, so fucking great. And just just those two playing off each other comedically was comedy gold. I know the WWE likes to look back at that era in retrospect as a mistake because Stone Cold was a heel at that point. But to me, that was the funniest shit in the world. I, I ate all that up. And a lot of that had to do with Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle was the guy who made that engine go. I mean, Steve Austin. Yeah. He's a hell of a funny wrestler and he's done it multiple times in his career, but to get that shit over, you had to have a guy like Kurt Angle really selling it and he did that you know par excellence you know and that's why i have to give it up to kurt angle there was nobody who made me laugh quite like kurt angle did in that period of time and that's why i have him at number one on my list um bob you had kurt angle at number five what do you have to say about him i love kurt angle just as much as you do he's definitely a huge fan um I, I see where you're coming from with the, the two eras of Kurt Angle, but to me, both of them are still pretty funny. Um, you you mentioned uh, before, like he does a, his does a skit with The Rock, where he interviews The Rock, where he takes a bunch of The Rock's old clips and segments from like Sunday Night Heat. He's like, "So Rock, what do you think of Kurt Angle?" And then like I'll click back and I'll show like The Rock like drinking water, but, like yeah, pretty good, pretty good. He's like, "Oh okay," and then he just like does the whole interview with like old segments of The Rock, which is yeah. funny. Uh, when he lost his hair to Edge, um, you know, the next night he comes back and he's wearing a wig and he's like, oh, yeah, my hair magically grew back, <laughs> you know. He's wearing it with the wrestling headgear on, yeah. With the wrestling headgear. Um, Shawn Michaels, when he does a sexy Kurt and he's singing the song with Sensational <laughs> Harry, uh, that, the the John Cena rap battles that he had with uh, with when he's rapping, wearing the Mark Burnell jersey and he's wear- he's rapping against John Cena. Uh, that shit was hilarious to me. Uh, the Undertaker, he did a skit with The Undertaker where he steals his motorcycle and he brings him back a scooter. 
And then at once of them, he's like, here you go, Undertaker. If that's your real name. (laughs) (laughs) Like that shit was just hilarious. Like you said, it was so innocent, so pure, but it was just fucking hilarious. And then one of my last ultimate favorites with him is with Ric Flair. Um, You know, he's like, I'm back on Raw. woo!" And Triple H and Flair are in the ring when he says that. And Flair gets on the mic and goes, hey. Nobody can woo in here but me, baby. Woo! And then, like, they get into a woo-off between each other, going back and forth. It was just fucking hilarious. Like you said, the milk truck angle was just amazing. Uh, just the Jimmy Crack Horn that he would do with uh, Stone Cold. Just fantastic stuff. But those two together were just comedy gold, like you mentioned. Yeah. How about you, Adam? You had Kurt Angle in number six. Yeah, I mean... Kurt's humor is what won me over with him. I remember, you know, reading and hearing, oh, oh this Olympic athlete's coming in, and, and, and they'll slag on him now. But at the time, uh, Mark Henry was an Olympic athlete that the WWF invested a lot in, and he he uh, he was he hadn't found his niche at that time. And it was like, ah, oh, here we go, another real athlete, you know, yawn. And uh, it didn't take me long uh, to admit how wrong I was uh, again. Um, just uh, he, Kurt Angle is a natural, obviously, uh, both as a performer in the ring and and outside of it. Just, I mean, again, I've said it before. If, if you can get your fan, uh, the fans to to sing uh, to the tune of your theme song, you suck. Uh, you know, you're doing something right. It, it, and then you know him, just how he reacted. I don't suck and. You know, just it was just classic heel stuff. He he uh, he studied the game very well before he made his debut. And yeah, I will never ever forget him wearing that that little boy cowboy hat, going, "Hey guys, yippee ki <laughs> He was just yeah, he was such a dork, and he was such a fun dork to to you know. And it's just so creative, you know, yeah, the milk truck is a favorite of mine too. Uh, Everything he did with Austin was just, was just comedy gold. Um, You know, that, that stuff is amazing. Um, You know, again, like you said, you know, Austin was great during that era, but, but you needed someone to play off of and Kurt Angle was, was, was the perfect guy to run with at that time. Just uh, yeah, again, you guys mentioned so many of of the classic moments. You know, all that stuff with him. You know, trying to move in on Stephanie McMahon. Uh, you know, was was fun. Also, just you know, he was just so fun and just so amusing. Like you know, it, it didn't take me long to just uh, to to realize just how gifted the guy was. It, in so many ways and yeah uh, uh that was an interesting comparison with the with the with hair uh and, and without hair yeah he he was more serious without hair but yeah as bob pointed out he had his moments there too he was just he was just a natural uh it's just amazing how quickly he picked up the craft because you know some guys you know had to work the territory some guys you know Family was in the business. This guy came in off out of the a very serious uh, Olympic world and, and just made himself a legend. So yeah, I'm a huge fan as well. Yeah, definitely. So there you go. At number four on our list with 21 points is the Olympic champion himself, Kurt Angle. All right. Well, 
Let's get to number three on our list. Number three on our list comes in with 22 points, just above Kurt Angle. And he got those 22 points by being number six on Adam's list, number three on my list, and number two on Bob's list. We're talking about the Ayatollah of rock and roller, Chris Jericho, coming in at number three with 22 points. Uh, Bob, we'll start with you. What do you have to say about Chris Jericho? Chris Jericho's always been hilarious to me. Um, he was, I think, like Adam mentioned before, with Michael's just that cocky, arrogant heel. Um, and WCW and the WWF, um, I, I loved everything Chris Jericho would do when he would on, be on the mic. Um, the list when he was there this last time in the WWF when he created the list with Kevin Owens, and he did the uh, pretty much the Kevin Owens appreciation night that he did. Uh, that shit was hilarious together that they did that. Um, now that he's in AEW, the stuff he was doing with MJF, uh, the dancing ballroom skits, you know, just <laughs> he, to me on the mic, he's just comedy genius, you know, um, when he, uh, I'll always remember D Malenko all time. One of my all time favorites where he, the man of a thousand and four holds and he starts listing off every single hole, arm bar, arm drag, uh, Moss covered three handled family credenza, and then he comes back from commercial and he's still listing them off and he's still going arm bar, you know, just like I, I, I love everything Chris Jericho does on the mic. Um, to me, I just always been like I said, a huge fan of him when, when he came out, uh, WCW and he was teasing Goldberg, you would call him Greenberg and just stuff like that that just would piss Goldberg off, like legitimately piss him off. But it's just like he, he, he was Chris Jericho, you know. Uh, when he debuted against The Rock, and, and he just a brash, cocky, arrogant person saying who he is. And, you know, those two together on the mic during that segment here in Chicago was absolutely fantastic. Uh, he does a lot of skits. There's where he'll, he'll mention a word and then he'll just do something off of it and keep going with it. Like Santino, he's like, I don't even know who you are. And Santino's like, I'm Santino. And he's like, who's S- S- Sandino, Sandusky, <laughs> San Abismo. And he just keeps going off that word, like just listing off like 15 other things that sound similar to it. But it's just the way he does it and his delivery with it. Absolutely hilarious. I love Chris Jericho. Yeah, Chris Jericho, all the way up until today, man, he's just – he gets it. You know, he knows the inherent humor that comes with professional wrestling and he exploits that. And he's, you know, one of the best talkers of all time. And with it, he's, you know, without a doubt, one of the funniest guys of all time, you know, (laughs) just, you know, calling everybody, you know, when he, when he would call Kurt Angle, Kurt Angel, you know, Mm -hmm, and uh, Kurt Angel, yeah, Kurt Angel, and uh, he would call The Rock, The Rock, you know, he wouldn't wouldn't just say Rock, he'd always be The Rock, and, um, you know, and just doing shit like that, you know, the the Thousand and One Holds, the Book of Jericho, you know, all that stuff is just, it's gold, and he just, I love how he reinvents himself, you know, yeah, he's he reinvents himself and he comes back even better, it seems, than he was when he left. And that, you know, when he, he especially now when he's in AEW, you know, the the La Champion uh, per- mm-hmm. persona equally is hilarious. You know, I know there's some uh, there's some fans that had uh, problems when he did the uh, the musical number with uh, MJF. I thought that was fucking badass. And it was it was funny as shit. You know, yeah. those guys. 
you know, MGF's, MJF's another one who, uh, you know, I, I wanted to include him on my, on my list. I just couldn't uh, find the room for him. But those guys together are hilarious as hell. And, you know, Jericho just, he, he gets it. He gets the inherent, you know, ridiculousness of professional wrestling and he exploits that for laughs and it's that's why i love him so much so yeah that's why i like chris jericho adam you had him at number six on your list what do you got to say about jericho he's just another one who has just a brilliant innovative mind just uh, you know uh, i i envy it uh, uh just you know you guys touched on a lot of it but uh, but just the way he's so quick to to just come out with references, you know, like I, I remember recent uh, promo he was doing on the on the uh, on the pinnacle where he was talking about FDR, and he's like, "What are their names? Dax and Axe, or Axe and Smash, or Axel and Slash? I I don't remember their names." And, and, and just I'm like, I, "How did how does he do that? He just he comes off with this stuff just like flawlessly." And yeah, I, I think him and MJF together that that also that's just. Uh, MGF's another one who who gets it, and and and, and uh, I mean, they haven't really wrestled yet, uh, it, uh, you know. But but just listening to go back and forth on the mic, and you know, if you can watch guys do that and not be bored, that really speaks to how well you you command the microphone and you command the audience's attention. And uh, he's one of the best at it. And yeah, you guys mentioned just everywhere he's gone, he's just made his mark and he, he does memorable things because he's so creative, so quick. Uh, just, just like, like Tony said, he, he gets it all. Yeah. All this stuff in WCW uh, with, with, with the thousand four holds and, and, and all the stuff he did with Goldberg. And, uh, and again, it's just, it, I've said this before about him on other episodes. It, it just, you know, WCW had a brain in their head. They would have built a, a lot of what was going on around him, because you never know what 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 could have happened if if you if you went that direction. Because he was that good, and it was just uh, it was just unfathomable to me that they just let him walk to the other side. And I think that was one of the death knells of uh, WCW. Just letting good talent you could build around for the future walk out the door, go to go uh go out east and and uh and, and make their marks there yeah just everyone he's been he's wrestled with yeah he's just enhanced them with with uh what he, what he brings to the table um and then almost always it's just it's funny and it's and you want to watch you, you don't want to miss anything he has to say or do because he's just got such a great mind for the business yeah well, there you go. That's why he's at number three in our list with 22 points. Chris Jericho coming in at number three. All right. Well, we're at our penultimate pick, the number two pick here. And that pick comes in with 26 points. And he got those 26 points from being number four on my personal list, number three on Bob's personal list, and number two on Adam's personal list. We're talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin coming in at number two with 26 points. Adam, we'll start with you. You had him at number two on your list. What do you got to say about the hilarity brought in by <laughs> Steve Austin? Uh, 
Well, I'll start with the, I'm going to kind of go through his career because I think Steve Austin owes a lot to a certain individual uh, for taking him to the next level. Uh, I, as everyone knows, I'm a huge Stone Cold fan, huge Steve Austin fan. You know, his early work, even in, in the, uh, in, you know, the USWA days and, and then later on the stunning Steve and WCW, you know, he, he was, he, he reminded me, he had that Shawn Michaels cocky heel thing going early. Um, you know, he, he did, uh, you know, he he'd always go into the camera and bark something at the camera. He did that very early on. You know, the, uh, the, I remember him wrestling. He was Frogman LeBlanc. In the, in the early DVD, I have of him, and he's shouting the camera, "Give me some competition out here!" It just—he had me going immediately. And we talked about the Hollywood. Are you guys talked about the Hollywood Blondes and the WCW Tag Team episode a couple of weeks back, and and all the fun stuff they were doing? Where you know he was very subtle with his humor at first. You know he would film film his opponents getting you know beaten up. Um, you know, then, then when they did the flair for the old segment where, uh, where he was making, uh, he was parodying Arn Anderson and just folding his arms, he always had the gift of humor, but, but what really brought it out of him was after he was fired and he came in the ECW, um, Paul Heyman just told him basically be yourself, talk about how you feel about being fired. And, and he just let loose and just, just so many, so many wonderful promos and so many funny things came out of his mouth there one of them i can remember is him saying you know you you people uh i hope i don't butcher this you people get up for work every day you punch a time card you eat a ham and cheese sandwich then you go home and, and, and uh yell at some hag i'll never do that man and just how intense <laughs> he got and that first promo after he got fired um you know, making fun of uh, Nitro, calling it Monday NyQuil. Uh, just Heyman brought out the total. Uh, it's just, I, I, he's so believable. Austin is on camera. He's 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 not playing a character. He's he's being himself, and that's what's so fun about it. And then he comes to WWF, of course, and becomes a legend, and all the stuff with Vince McMahon. You know, pouring concrete in his car, driving monster trucks, driving a beer truck in. The beer bashes he had, uh, even after his wrestling career was over, where he'd just be swimming in beer. He was just the ultimate entertainer. Uh, and, and lest I forget, we we talked about the hospital. That clang sound of hitting Vince McMahon over the head with with the bedpan. One of the most funny things I've ever seen. I, I just mm-hmm. remember just shooting out uh, involuntary laughter, just being so flabbergasted by it. But the guy just. It was just a, he was just being himself. He was just having a hell of a time and and and, and enjoying being on top. But it was just uh, I have memory after memory. Uh, just I think he well, he's number two on my list. There's only one who commanded an audience better, in my opinion, and from that aspect. Yeah, true. I mean, yeah. Everything you said is true. Bob, you had him at number three on your list. What do you have to say about Steve Austin? Again, he was just, from the simplest thing, uh, just a cadence with the what. Uh, when he would ask a question, he'd be like, what? <laughs> what? And, like, getting the crowd involved in it. Like, to me, just him doing that was funny. I remember once they were on The Weakest Link, that TV show, and the lady asked him a question, and he looked at her and, and the, at the host, and he said, 
what? You know, he did that to her too, even though in the thing, and Bubba Ray Dudley just broke out, like broke character easily. <laughs> you know, it's just like um, the segments with Booker T, uh, the grocery store segment with Booker T when they're wrestling and, and or he attacks Booker T in the grocery store is still one of my favorites. I showed that to my boy the other day and he was laughing. Uh, he's beating up Booker T with the pizza and dumping a uh, pizza sauce on him while singing that Samore. Uh, <laughs> And then when he brings him up to the front, he leaves him by the register. He's, he just screams out, price check on jackass. Yep. Um, they did another skit where they're wrestling in a church and a nun walks by and she goes up to Stone Cold and she pinches his cheek and he says, how cute. I bet you you were an altar boy back in the day, <laughs> you know. Like, <laughs> uh, Adam mentioned, the, you know, him doing the beer baths in, in, in the, the ring, but the beer bath himself when he comes in, he taxi corporation with the beer truck. Um Still one of my all-time favorites, like you mentioned earlier with Kurt Angle, how he did the milk one, uh, driving the Zamboni down to the ring and attacking Vince and Kane uh, when he did that. Uh, the hospital bed skit, like you mentioned, which is hilarious. You mentioned earlier with Kurt Angle with Vince McMahon and the hats and singing Kumbaya to Vince oh, McMahon. Yeah. Um, you know, just that stuff was just amazing for me and in ecw when when like he dressed up as hulk hogan one of the, the interviews as well and he was the extreme brother and he just cut a pro- promo using hogan's voice uh everything about austin was just fantastic from again he was must watch tv you know when when the, from the time we've always talked in the past from the time when his music blasted to the time he was on the mic it was just okay austin's on everybody shut the hell up let me, let me listen because i'm gonna be laughing my ass off yeah, most definitely. I mean, you guys mentioned pretty much all of it. You know, Austin, he he had that command of an audience, and he also had the sense of humor to, you know, not take himself so seriously, which you, you think would have been really hard to do, especially with how high he got in the company and in wrestling overall. But I, I think he actually uh, just managed to keep his sense of humor, and that, that helped him a lot along the way. Like I said, that period he had with Kurt Angle uh, was some of the funniest shit I ever saw. You know, the stuff in ECW, like you said, Adam and Bob, um, you know, that was cool. Like, you know, the extreme brother thing when he first shows up, you know, <laughs> he's, uh, you know, doing the Hogan impression. And, you know, I, I think it was like one of the public enemy was like, oh, my God, it's cool. And he's just like waving the finger in his face. And <laughs> that was fucking hilarious. And, um, you know, the like the whole period where um, he was putting over guys like Mikey Whipwreck, you know, he was, you know, that was hilarious. And, um, you know, when he, he, when he gets in and, um, you know, of course I think he has kind of like a Renaissance as far as a humorous guy, once he retires and he's like, what what was he like the sheriff of the WWE or whatever. And, you know, I think a lot of the pressure was off of him as far as being an in-ring talent. And he was allowed to just kind of like loosen up, and be more of a humorous presence. And I think he did a really good job with that too. So yeah, for all those reasons, uh, Steve Austin deserves to be in the top five where he's at. He's at the number two spot with 26 points. Well-deserved. All right. Well, we're at the number one spot, but before we get there, like we do every week, we have some honorable mentions to get to. These honorable mentions are, picks that did not make our top 10 they didn't have enough points but they did get enough points to actually garner us 
some mention. Um, yeah, let's start with uh, number 11, our first honorable mention slot. We have a tie in our first honorable mention slot, actually. These both came in with four points. Um, I know Orange Cassidy had four points at our number 10, but these two lose a tiebreaker with Orange Cassidy because they were only on one of our lists. We'll start with uh, the first pick. They got the they got their four points from being number seven on my personal list. We're talking about Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, or as they like to be called nowadays, the Good Brothers. The Good Brothers coming in in the first spot here at number 11 in our honorable mentions tied with another pick here with four points. Um, these guys are fucking hilarious. If you ever, if you listen to their talking shop podcast, these guys will make you laugh your ass off and they get away with that too in the ring as well. They, they have a really good sense of humor. I know that didn't really come off that well in WWE because you know, like we said, WWE didn't really know what the fuck to do with these guys, even though they're one of the best tag teams in the world. Um, but these guys definitely have the power of comedy on their side. Um, they, I love on their, uh, they do this, the talking shop podcast. And they also did the special right after they got released from WWE last year. Uh, they did a top talking shop, a mania, which was kind of a, like an internet, I think like a pay-per-view or something. Mm-hmm. And they have these, they have these uh, alter egos that they use. Uh, Carl Anderson is Chad too bad. And um, Luke Gallows is sex Ferguson. And <laughs> you have to listen to it to really appreciate it. it, it it's fucking hilarious. And, you know, now they're in AEW as um, well, they're in, they're the impact tag team champion. So they're in impact slash AEW, you know, cause as we mentioned, the, the lines are kind of blurred now, but um, they are Kenny Omega's backup. They're his muscle. And, you know, they're, there's just something about them that I, I just love. And I, they, they crack me up. And like I said, they were just on my list and I ranked them pretty high, but just from everything I've seen from them that I, I just love what they did. And that's why I had them at number seven on my list. And that's how they got their four points. Uh, the other, uh, pick that got four points, and therefore tied with the good brothers comes from Bob. Bob, you had this particular wrestler at number seven. You had Eddie Guerrero coming in with four points and that's gives them a tie with the good brothers. Bob, what you got to say about Eddie Guerrero? I love Eddie Guerrero, man. Like he, he was just one of my all time favorites. And, um, his run in the WWF was just fantastic. WCW, he didn't have that great of a personality. You didn't, they didn't give him the, the opportunity on the mic. But when he was actually in the WWF, um, the lie, the cheat, the steal, he was hilarious when he was Chavo Guerrero as Lowe's Guerrero's. They had some funny segments, but by himself, uh, I would love what he would do in the ring. He would be wrestling somebody. Um, the ref would be distracted and he would grab a chair, slam it against the ground and then throw the chair to the opponent, and then he'd lay on the ground. And then when the ref would turn around, he'd see the other person with the chair, Eddie, on the ground, rolling around, 
and all of a sudden the other the opponent would get disqualified. I think he did that to Matt Hardy and Ken Kennedy a couple times, and, and it was just fantastic yeah. that he did that. Uh, there's a skit where he steals Ric Flair's uh, Royal Rumble number 30, and uh, Flair finds out it's him. He goes and gets it back, and then when he gets it back, he also finds out that he had stolen Ric Flair's wallet at the same time. <laughs> um, he 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 feels bad for what he did to the Big Show, so he bought the Big Show Mexican food and a burrito, and inside the burrito, he gave him laxative. Uh, you know, just the shit he would do was just hilarious. You know, there, there's a skit where he did the, the chair segment that I just mentioned with Rey Mysterio, but then Mysterio did it back to him with the, the title belt and threw it at him, so the ref gets turned around, and Eddie just turns around, he lays on top of the, the ring, uh, the belt, the championship belt, and he's trying to hide it, and uh, when the ref catches him with him, he's about to disqualify him. But he's like, no, look, look, Mysterio's laughing. And then you see Mysterio's like, no, I'm not laughing. And they're going back and forth. And just the shit they would do in the ring was just dropped at hilarious. Um, there's one where he's got to defend the, the belt. And he doesn't want to do it. because So he's saying he has abdominal cramps. <laughs> and uh, Teddy Long is like, well, you can't defend the belt, but we're going to get you a doctor. And here comes this, this attractive nurse. And he's like, oh, no, I'm better now. I'm better now. And the nurse is taking care of him. But then he closes his eyes as the nurse is taking care of him, and then he opens up his eyes, and it's Batista that's giving him a massage. And uh, Batista's like, hey, I'm glad you're feeling better. I got you a nurse or a new doctor, and the doctor comes in and has to give him a prostate exam. Just the shit that they did together in the ring, just hilarious, man. I, I love Eddie Guerrero. He's just uh, one of my all-time favorites, so I had to mention him. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, so there you go. At number 11, our first honorable mentions, a uh, tie between the Good Brothers and Eddie Guerrero with four points. All right, let's move to number 12. Number 12 on our list comes in with number with uh, three points, uh, our second honorable mention here. And he got those three points from being number 10 on my personal list and number nine on Bob's. We're talking about the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, coming in with three points. And being the second honorable mention on our list, Bob, what you got to say about Ric Flair? Again, must watch TV when Flair was on the mic. Uh, the promos he would cut were were amazing. To this day, if if I hear Raw or SmackDown or wherever is going to advertise Ric Flair, I'll call my dad and I'll say, "Hey, make sure you watch Raw tonight because Flair is going to come out." And uh, it's one of my dad's all time favorites too. Um, like I mentioned earlier, the woo off he had with Kurt Angle. There's one in Impact with uh, Jay Lethal, where Jay Lethal comes out and impersonates Ric Flair and cuts a promo in Ric Flair's voice to Ric Flair, and it's one of the most funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, you definitely have to check out that that promo. Um, he was nuts, man. Just the way he would get into his promo and cut a promo. And then in the middle of it, he started taking his clothes off and throw his jacket on the floor and just start dropping elbows on his jacket. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, I, I love everything about Ric Flair, man. He, he's just, like I said, there, there's a promo early days in, in WCW where he, he's making fun of Sting and he calls him a greased up muscle head punk. Uh, who eventually is going to shrivel up and turn into Richard Simmons. Mm. And uh, he, he's like, you like to come out and you like to go, woo. He's like, I'm the only one that can do woo. He's like, that's what I do when I have five ladies in my bed in the morning and they wake up and they go, woo, woo, woo. <laughs> you know, like, I was just like, that's Ric Flair is just one of the greatest on the mic, no matter what kind of promo he's cutting. But to me, he's always one of the funniest people on the mic. I love him. Um, so I, I definitely had to talk about Ric Flair. 
Fuck yeah, man. Space Mountain, dude. That's all Space you have to Mountain. say. Space Mountain. Yeah. The old the the oldest bride in the park, but makes the people scream the most. You know, it's, you know, just the the promos are genius. You know, the, what he does in the ring. I mean, I, I still laugh my ass off when uh he does that front pump, you know, when he's yeah. he's getting punched, he's getting punched, he just walks away and then just fucking yeah. face plants onto the onto the mat. I remember mm-hmm. watching wrestling with my dad when I was a kid and we were watching WCW and it was a flare match and he did the front bump and my dad like just started laughing his ass off. And it's, it's the desired result because I mean, still, like I said, every time he does it, I, I still laugh my ass off and um, you know, just, there's just something about Ric Flair. The he's, one of the best wrestlers to ever lace his boots, arguably the best, but he knows how to entertain a crowd to the point where he, he can make you hate him and also make you laugh hysterically in the same match. It's, it's great. And only like, there's only a few wrestlers who can do that. And Ric Flair is definitely one of them. And I, yeah, I, I'm glad he's on the list. So, yeah, there you go. Number 12 on our list with three points, the nature boy, Ric Flair. All right. Let's move on to number 13 on our list. 13 comes in with two and a half points, and he got those points from being an honorable mention on my list, but he got up to number nine on Adam's list. We're talking about Hot Rod, Roddy Piper, coming in at number 13, our third honorable mention. Adam, we'll have you take it away. What do you have to say about Roddy Piper? I'm surprised that uh, he wasn't higher, but uh, but that's okay. Um, I, Piper was one of the first uh, wrestlers to to really uh, make me laugh as a kid. Um, again, talking about the Dudley Boys earlier, um, he he uh, he would take pot shots at his opponents all the time, and, and I, I always found it. Tremendous! Uh, I remember him fighting uh, Bret Hart at WrestleMania Eight, and and uh, him embarrassing Bret Hart. Oh, I remember we grew up together as kids, and we we'd hang out at your house, and your mom would make us sandwiches, and she would slap that bologna on there, and only one slice of bologna. But I'm just you know, I'm just saying, and then and then Bret said, "Hey, don't get personal," and it just he would he was so good at you know he was so fun on the mic that of course he had his own talk show Piper's pit. That was probably one of the first, uh, one of the first wrestlers to get his, his own interview segment. Um, and that's because Vince knew that the Piper was so good on the mic and provoking a, opponents and, and doing crazy stuff. I mean, you know, smashing a coconut over Jimmy Snuka's head. And, um, uh, there's the legendary, uh, WrestleMania five Piper's pit where, uh, Morton Downey Jr. is blowing smoke in his face, and and he takes a fire extinguisher to him. Um, just uh, you know, he he had his turn on commentary because he didn't always uh, you know because he was injured a lot at the time. Um, he was always great on commentary too. Um, just uh, again, another guy who had the gift of gab, knew how to rile up his opponent and and make people smile, and and you know, uh, of course. Uh, he was Hulk Hogan wanted to do forays into movies, but Piper had they live first, and uh, you know, and everyone still uses the line of 
I could do two things, uh, kick ass and chew bubble gum. And I'm, I'm a lot of bubble gum, you know? So, uh, it was, it was a trailblazer for, for other guys to come just, uh, again, just brought that humor element, uh, to the matches and, and made them that much more fun. Yeah. Yeah. I loved Roddy Piper, you know, I think it was my, my top pick is a top heel of all time, if I'm not mistaken, but um, yeah, just great on the mic. And he's one of those guys like flair who can make you hate him, but make you laugh your ass off all in the same night. You know, he just had that gift and Piper, he, you know, that kind of like crazy on edge, you know, don't know what he's going to do next kind of thing led into his, his, his uh, humor and how funny he was, you know, just him smashing the coconut over Snooka's head. I thought was fucking hilarious. You know, it it was, and you know, I, (laughs) you know, you hear about stories about him when he was wrestling in, uh, in um, California in the LA area, you know, to get heat. I think this was in his book and it was, uh, and it was, uh, verified through other sources when he would come to the ring with bagpipes and, um, he, uh, you know, in LA, of course, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the crowd was uh Mexican, Mexican American crowd. And he had his bagpipes and he would say, okay, well, out of respect for all the Mexican Americans in the crowd, I will now play the Mexican national anthem on my bagpipes. And then he would start playing La Cucaracha. I remember that in the biography they showed of him. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was hysterical. Yeah. That was the Guerreros, the Guerreros family. He would do that too. Oh, it was the Guerrero family. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and that's what Roddy Piper gave you, man. And that's <laughs> only him, man. Only him. And that's why he is number 13 on our list at two and a half points, our third honorable mention. All right, let's go to number 14 on our list. At number 14, it comes in with two points, and they got those two points from being number nine on my list. We are talking about the New Day. The New Day coming in at number 14, our fourth honorable mention. Um, I love the New Day, man. I mean, as far as, like, modern tag team wrestling goes, I mean, they're, they're top of the heap, and a lot of it, a lot of what endures endures them to the crowd is their humor. You know, they can make people laugh. Um, you know, of course, everybody remembers they they started out with that po- power of positivity thing, and they were, you know, then they got didn't really get over well with the crowd, so they were heels there for a bit. But then their their personality and their chemistry as a team kind of started shining brightly, and it got them over with the fans and. By doing that, they would do things like, you know, tossing the pancakes into the crowd, you know, the whole bootios thing, you know, uh, Xavier Woods with the trombone, all that shit. It would, you know, it was things that teams honestly wouldn't think of doing and they did it and they got it over and they did it because they were so endearing with the crowd. And like I said, a lot of that had to do with their humor. They were able to make the crowds laugh and that got them over and that got them loved. And, you know, I don't think there's ever going to be a point where the new day goes heel. 
at least I don't think they will, because I, I don't think that'll go over too well because the crowds, are they just love them too much. They're too lovable. They're too funny. They're too, you know, I, I, I don't see them breaking up or one of them doing a heel turn a la, you know, Shawn Michaels with Marty Jannetty. It's just not going to happen. And a lot of that is owed, like I said, to how funny they are and how much the crowd loves them. So that's why I put them as a number nine on my list. And that's what puts them at number 14 with our fourth honorable mention. All right. So let's go to our fifth honorable mention. We have a three way tie for our fifth honorable mention. Um, each one coming up with one point and they got those one points by being honorable mentions on two of the three lists. We'll break it into more detail here. Our first honorable mention uh, got their one point from being an honorable mention on my list and an honorable mention on Bob's list. We're talking about boom, boom, Colt Cabana coming in in as the first of our three way tie here at number 15. Uh, Bob, what do you got to say about Colt Cabana? Chicago's own man. Uh, he's a lot of fun. He, um, I, uh, I, I know he has his own podcast and he does his own show. But just watching him wrestle, uh, you and I actually had the opportunity to check him out. Uh, we went to a Ring of Honor show in 2018, the uh, Ring of Honor show with uh, New Japan, uh, the Global Awards, and he took on uh, Toro Toro Yanu, who's uh, also like a comedic style wrestler uh from uh from new japan and just the match together that they had there was just laughing nonstop from the very beginning to the very end when it was over and um i had to put him in in this list just because he, he's just so nonchalant so relaxed when he wrestles but he just makes sure that there's so much comedy relief in his match that it's just He's he's a must watch when you watch if you want if you're into that kind of style of wrestling kind of like how Orange Cassidy is now, but Cole Cabana does it in such a relaxed, humorous way that I I had to put him on the list. I'm I'm a big fan of Cole Cabana. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I I've listened to his podcast. I know now, um, you know, as he said, now that he's in his 40s and he's getting towards you know what he believes to be the tail end of his career, he wants to focus on being more of a. Uh, of a comedic wrestler, you know, just, you know, he's kind of, he knows the days of him, him being like, you know, top guy in ring of honor or whatever is kind of over. So he's resigned himself to the fact just to prolong his career to be a, a funny guy. And he does a great job at it. You know, you see him now in AEW, he's part of the dark order and, you know, he's funny as hell with the dark order too, you know? So Yeah. I love Cole Cabana too, so I had him as one of my honorable mentions as well. He comes in as the first of our three-way tie here at number 15. Let's move on to the second of the three-way tie. The second of our three-way tie comes in because he got his one point from being an honorable mention on Bob's list and an honorable mention on Adam's list. We're talking about Santino Morella coming in. With one point, the second of our three-way tie here at number 15. Uh, we'll start with you, Adam. What do you have to say about Santino Morella? Uh, I'm not as familiar with Santino as probably Bob is, but I do know that um, that Santino's been doing going the comedic route for for a very long time and is, uh, is very good at it. You know, uh, anything from the way he walks to the ring. Um, you guys mentioned the, 
this the sock puppet uh, earlier on. Um, again, um, people people go to wrestling matches, you know, not just to see great action, but you know, they want to let loose, they want to have a good time, and and they want to just be entertained and and, and forget about their problems, you know. And a guy like Santino does that tremendously, you know. Um, I haven't heard it, but I guess he has an anti-Stone Cold song. Um, I, I think I vaguely remember that. Uh, that went over well. Um, so, again, um, when I think of modern-day uh, comedic wrestlers, uh, he, he's one of the first na- uh, names that pops into my head. Yeah, how about you, Bob? You had uh, Santino's an honorable mention, too. What do you have to say about him? He he did he did a lot of funny shit with the skits. I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of him wrestling wise, but um, Adam mentioned the skit with with Stone Cold. He dressed up like Stone Cold Steve Austin, and uh, he had the the skull cap on and everything. And, and this is the promo he cut. Uh, he would say everything that Austin would say, but he did it in, in his uh, Santino version, where he'd be like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna beat you like a, a rented mule or a mule for purchase." The bottom line is if it's like a livestock involved, I'll beat you like him. <laughs> and then he's like, and, and I'm going to open up a can of ass whip and stop a mud <laughs> on you. And then afterward, I'm going to eat a low fat frozen yogurt. <laughs> um, there, there's, there's a skit where he's drinking. Uh, he, he pretends he's an Englishman and he's drinking tea with Seamus. And he's like, wow, this, this tea is rather milky. And then he looks over at Seamus and the crowd pops and he goes, well, not by Milky. I, I don't mean to say that you were pale. And then the crowd starts t- saying, like, <laughs> laughing even more. He's like, or, or screw it. Just because you're a ginger, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> just, he, he had, um, he, he has a skit with Jericho where he comes out and he's like, and look at you, you over here, you, you, you KYJ. <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> just the way he would call like everything he would do is just mess up everything like that so he was funny in certain ways i mean he would come out with the unibrow and everything and with the cold brisket with mcfoley but uh again just he, he would make me laugh so i had to put him as an honorable mention yeah he definitely had his moments so yeah there you go santino coming in with one point and the last of our three-way tie here with one point at number 15 our fifth honorable mention uh, came in because he was an honorable mention on Bob's list and an honorable mention on my list. We're talking about Norman Smiley coming in <laughs> our last honorable mention here with one point. Um, yeah. Screaming Norman Smiley, man. How, how, how do you not love that? Mm-hmm. You know, okay. Norman Smiley first came in, um, you know, he had, he was a great technical wrestler. You know, if you ever saw Norman Smiley, he got really over in Mexico in AAA, you know, and eventually heads over to WCW. And, you know, he's having great kind of like great technical matches, but he's he's not really making much of an impact in WCW, you know, he and until finally um, he starts this whole uh, screaming Norman Smiley thing where he's competing mostly for like the hardcore championship. WCW's version of it and you know whenever he would you know get chased or attacked or or whatever he would just let out you know this girlish scream all the time and also you know on top of that he would do this thing called the wiggle as one of his like signature moves which he would just like get behind somebody and start you know smacking their ass 
as he would do this big wiggle move. It, you know, it's silly. It's silly shit. And that's exactly what Norman Smiley was. It was just, you know, he, I think he knew, and I think he was smart in knowing that he wasn't going to get over as a pure wrestler. He had to, he had to sink on and, and latch onto the whole screaming Norman Smiley thing in order to get over. It. And he did it well and he made me laugh. So that's why I had him as an honorable mention. Uh, Bob, what do you have to say about Norman Smiley? He was one of my dad's favorites just because, like you, like I said, the, the way he would wrestle, uh, the screaming gimmick was hilarious. Like you said, they, they would chase after him, uh, the barbarian or Haku, and they'd be coming after him, and they're trying to beat his ass, and he'd be screaming like a little girl his entire the entire match. And then they'd do a skit where, like, they, they would go to swing chairs at him, and they would both miss him because he would fall, and they'd hit each other, and then they'd be knocked out, and then he'd look around, and he'd get up, and he'd start doing the big wiggle dance, and he'd get a victory that way. Um, you know, he, he was just so much fun to watch just because of how funny he was. And, and I remember they, they talked to him one day, and he's like, I'm the same guy, uh, the, the same package, the, the, the same move set, the same tights, but now I have a 10-second dance, and the world loves me. You know, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely true you know but i was uh i had to put when i when i came up with this list i was like i definitely have to put norman smiley on my list somewhere so i'm glad we got to talk about him yeah definitely so there you go with the three-way tie for our last honorable mention spot we have Cole cabana santino morella and norman smiley all coming in with one point all right well you know what that means now we go up to our top spot number one on our enhancement talent list of the top 10 funniest wrestlers of all time. Uh, this particular wrestler falls one point shy of a perfect 30 points. And that's because I had him at number two on my personal list. Bob and Adam, you both had him at number one. We're talking about the one and only Dwayne, the rock Johnson coming in at number one on our list of funniest wrestlers. Uh, Bob, we'll start with you. What do you have to say about The Rock? He was another one, just comedy gold genius whenever he was on the mic. Um, not his early days when he was Rocky Maivia. Nobody loved him as Rocky Maivia. But when he became The Rock, and, and again, like Adam would say, cocky, here, uh, arrogant heel, um, just loved, loved, loved The Rock. Uh, the This Is Your Life segment, like I mentioned earlier, with Mick Foley. Um <laughs> His impersonations of Triple H when he would talk about Triple H. Uh, <laughs> this is the, this is the game. Uh, I'm gonna get you in the ring. Uh, you know, like he would do that. Um, the interview segments with Lillian Garcia, where all of a sudden he'd have to tame down himself just because he'd be like, "Whoa, whoa!" Like you know, because he's getting aroused by Lillian Garcia. Um, the just the catchphrases he would do with Jericho, like I mentioned Jericho's first debut, or uh, I remember the big show when he finally cut his hair, he had that um, Gomez Adams look from the the Adams family. And The Rock just stopped an interview and he's like, hey, someone got a haircut, and just like ripped on him. And it just like, it was just hilarious, you know, um, the Hell in the Cell promo he cuts where he goes off on every single one of his opponents. Kurt Angle starts making fun of him, saying he's going to drink his milk and drink his cookie, eat his cookies and take his Viagra. Uh, Rikishi, that's what he does. I did it. I did it for the rock. I did it for the people. You know, when he makes fun of Rikishi doing that. Um, 
the singing the Copacabana with the coach uh, when he did that stuff. And then just the promos he would cut with his guitar. Remember towards like the later part of his career, he would come out and he would sing to the crowd. There's one where he sings uh, Sacramento uh, that I'll always remember where he's like, uh, he, he said he never wants to come back to the town. The only way he's going to come to the, back to Sacramento is when uh, the Lakers beat the, the Kings uh, in May, and uh, he's singing it to the tune of uh, Kansas City by Fats Domino. So, like, it just came out perfectly there. And then uh, I'll always remember the, t- the promo he does in Toronto, uh, where he ends it saying, stronger than a bear, faster than a buck, the biggest thing to hit Canada because the Maple Leafs fucking suck. You know, like, <laughs> I haven't talked about just making fun of people's teams and just the heat you would get, but it, it was just fantastic. I love the rock on the mic. And when we thought about this, uh, this idea, he was instantly number one for me. So, um, definitely, definitely. I mean, Kurt Angle is definitely a great jo- choice as well. I, I don't slight you on that, but I had the Rock a little bit higher than him. Yeah, no, I, I'm not faulting either. You guys putting the Rock number one. Yeah, how about you, Adam? You had you had him as number one as well. What do you have to say about the Rock? Well, as I said earlier, if if uh, again, if you can just if the crowd doesn't care how long you're talking. Um, you're doing something right. Um, again, uh, Rock is never going to be confused with Bret Hart or, or you know, a great technical wrestler like that. But in, in terms of the sheer joy and entertainment that he brought to audiences, you know, um, he always, that, that's what he called himself, the most electrifying man in sports entertainment because he just brought, you know, so many cheers, so many laughs, just so much entertainment in its time. Um, again, Bob made reference to the fact when he first started out, uh, he was a white meat baby face. Nobody could stand him. The times were changing. So the, you know, what I, I still think one of the greatest ways to get someone over is, is start him off as a cocky heel. Um, at the time, no one was talking about themselves in the third person and that's the rock would come out and talk about himself in the third person. And I'm like, Oh, this guy's, I, I, I was a fan early. I'm like, this guy's on to something. I think. Just subtle little things. I remember him standing in the aisle, cutting his opponent down, and someone touched him on the shoulder because he was close to the railing, and he just stops mid-promo and goes, don't ever touch me. And and, and just things like that. When when he took over the Nation of Domination, um, uh, again, the people's elbow itself, uh, just, you know, it, it was a cocky move. He was just putting some pizzazz in a in a normal, everyday wrestling move, and, and, and he made it look funny. Uh, Bob mentioned some of his some of his greatest promos, and yeah, uh, one of the, uh, my favorite incarnations of The Rock was uh, after he he left for a while um, when he had the championship match with Lesnar, and, and the fans kind of turned on him, and they were rooting for Lesnar because he they knew he was leaving the goal. Hollywood came back as a heel, and, and he was doing all that stuff on the guitar, and you know he started. Uh, working with other wrestlers, getting them over like Christian and, and the hurricane were two that I can think of. Um, again, just the crowd hung on his every word and uh, he just always had him in the palm, the palm of his hand. And I just never seen a wrestler through just his words, just having such a hold over the audience. And that's, that's why I had to put him at number one, just the overall impact he made. And, just, I mean, everybody's got a favorite rock moment um, that just made them laugh. And again, you, you didn't have to be a wrestling fan to appreciate just just how great he was at, at what he did. And it's 
no surprise to me that he's doing movies and is very successful because I I could see early on that he just he had some special that uh, that no one may ever be able to duplicate. Yeah. Yeah, I love The Rock. Like I said, he wasn't my number one, but he was number two on my list. And, you know, hey, man, king of the fucking catchphrases. Yeah. And nobody nobody did that like The Rock. You know, everything from you smell what The Rock is cooking to, you know, raising the eyebrow. You know, it doesn't matter what your name is. You know, all that the poontang pie shit that he did, you know, <laughs> all that stuff. It was Every, any, it seemed like anything that he would say would instantly get over with the crowd. You know, he had that gift. And, you know, what a lot of uh, what he did when a lot of guys can't really say was he was just as equally over comedically as a heel as he than he was as a face. You know, I would, you know, when he would get in the ring with the mic and do it like, you know, the finally the rock has come back. You know, when he was a heel, the crowd would go along with them. But when he or, or when he was a face, the crowd would go along with him. But when he was a heel, you know, he'd, he'd started up and was finally the rockets and the crowd would go with them. And then he'd stop midway in. And it's like, uh, 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 this isn't sing along with the rock time. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that that kind of shit was awesome. And, you know, you know, just everything he you would mind comedy with, you know, guys like Austin, you know, I know it was uh they recorded that after raw thing with him and Austin, you know, mm-hmm. singing along with each other in the ring. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. They did, um, you know, the shit he did with Foley and the rock and sock connection. That shit was awesome. You know, he, he definitely is a born performer. And like you, like you said, Adam, it does not surprise me whatsoever that he is as big of a movie star as he is now. You know, he just he has that charisma. He's always had that charisma. And, you know, he, he's had the charisma and he's had the sense of humor. He is fucking, you know, he's not just an action star. He's in comedies too. And you have to be able to be a funny person, you know, to, to have that kind of versatility. So he showed it in wrestling. He's showing it in the movies. The rock definitely, I believe deserves to be at the top of this list. That's why he is at number one on our list of the top 10 funniest wrestlers of all time with 29 points so yeah there you go there that's our list for this week uh like we do every week we'll go back and give you our top 10 of this week we'll start off at number 10 number 10 coming in with four points is orange cassidy at number nine with six points are the dudley boys at number eight, it's a tie with seven points between DX, the uh, Triple H HBK version, and Owen Hart. At number seven, coming in with eight points, is Shawn Michaels. At number six, with 10 points, is Edge and Christian. At number five, with 13 points, is Mick Foley. At number four, with 21 points, is Kurt Angle. And number three with 22 points is Chris Jericho. And number two with 26 points is Steve Austin. And like we just said, number one with 29 points, The Rock. Yeah, so there we go. Uh, Bob, like I ask every week, is this a fair representation in your mind of the top 10 funniest wrestlers of all time? 
Yeah, I think it's really good. I uh, I look up and down the list from even the, even the honorable mentions, and as I look at the names, they just make me smile when I go over them. You know, so obviously uh, they did a great part in making us laugh. Um, you know, whether it be during their matches, during their promos, during their skits. Um, you know, they, they leave a long lasting impression, whether it be 30, 40, 50 years ago, the stuff that they did or more recent, like you said, with the new day, um, just definitely a good list to compile. Yeah. How about you, Adam? What are your feelings on the list as it turned out? Yeah, I had a lot of fun doing this, just going back and, uh, reliving all this fun stuff that they did, uh, all these guys did and, yeah, I don't think we missed anybody major. Uh, there's a lot of funny performers in wrestling, but yeah, I think we uh, it, it was a good cross section um, of of folks who are wrestling now. Uh, the guys who wrestled quite a while ago to to uh, to the era of uh, the Attitude Era. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, nicely represented. Yeah. So yeah, there we go. Our top ten list. All right. Well. That's about it for the show this week. But before we go, like we do every week, uh, we'll give you our match of the week picks. What happens with the match of the week is all three of us will pick a match for you guys to watch and enjoy in the meantime, in between time before our next episode. Uh, Bob, we'll start with you. What is your match of the week pick this week? I went with the match that I spoke of earlier, uh, 2018 Ring of Honor. Um, Toru Yanu, like I said, he's a comedic uh, New Japan pro wrestler uh, versus Cold Cabana. Um, like I said, you, myself, my brother, uh, we were all there. And um, it, it was just comedic relief from the very beginning. Whether uh, I think they were both trying to pitch DVDs to each other. And then they throw the DVDs to the crowd and uh, they go on back and steal their DVDs back from the crowd and um, t- ripping the turnbuckles off of the you know, and using them as, as weapons against each other. And, um, it, it, it was just a, a hilarious match from, from the beginning to the end. So I, I had to put that match on there. Nice. How about you, Adam? What's your match of the week, uh, this week? I'll go out with the match that I referenced earlier too. uh, Hulk Hogan, Shawn Michaels, SummerSlam 2005. Again, um, when somebody uh, stands up the backstage politics, which is ironic because Shawn Michaels was behind plenty of them in his day also. But um, again, uh, just, just the way Michaels oversold the match. If you want, if you want some laughs, uh, you're going to get them in this match. Just, uh, and again, pay special attention when Michaels takes the big boot from Hogan, because it's been over 15 years. They still can't get over how he sold it. So um, it's, it's not a mad classic, but it's, it, it, it's a hell of a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Well, my pick of the week comes, uh, I believe this was, for, it was from an AEW pay-per-view. I believe it was last year. I think it was the all out from last year. Um, it was the match between orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho, uh, the mimosa match where, uh, the, um, you know, you had, of course, orange Cassidy, who, uh, you know, freshly squeezed the orange juice. And then you had La Champion, Chris Jericho, with his little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> and uh, they had two huge pools of mimosas at ringside. And the winner of the match uh, would be the one to push the other guy into one of the pools filled with mimosas. It was It's a silly-ass match, but, you know, it was entertaining. 
Orange Cassidy and Jericho both kind of do their whole shtick where, um, you know, their comedic shtick to full effect. Uh, and eventually Orange Cassidy wins by uh, pushing Chris Jericho into a pool filled with mimosas, which, yeah, is funny within in and of itself. So there you go. That's my match of the week pick. Um, hope you guys take those into account and watch them and be entertained for the week before we hear from you again. All right. Like I said, that's our show for this week. I want to thank everybody for listening. I also want to thank again, Kim and Byron for suggesting the topic for this week. We had a lot of fun with this and uh, we certainly, um, we certainly want you guys out there as well to give us more uh, topics to suggest and we will take them and do what we can you know if, if it's cool if it's a cool topic we definitely will run with it and the ways you can do that is either by dropping us an email at uh, our email address which is enhancement talent 316 at gmail.com again that's enhancement talent 316 at gmail.com or you can uh, join us on facebook we have our fan page there on Facebook, just look up Enhancement Talent and join up. Adam, Bob, and I, we're all admins on the page. So anything you suggest, we will see, and we will definitely interact with you guys. So any comments, any suggestions, just feel free to leave them on our Facebook page. All right. Well, again, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, yeah. For again, for the Warsaw blonde himself, Adam Kolavik, and for the other half of the fabulous Lopez cousins, Dr. Bob Lopez, I'm Tony Lopez, and we will see you guys next week. Have a safe week, and we'll talk to you then. Bye bye. Good night.